0: I've got a page of notes there, a page of notes there, and then bugger all, really. Then I've got some Pythagoras later Why on. Why have you abandoned the, the tablet? Because I've, I've I've got to watch it on my laptop. I can't watch it on my PS3. Because it won't recognise... It says that there are no video files on it. We'll have have, have, have you
1: pressed triangle and says display all titles? Because if you just click on it, that's what it says. I'll come <laughs> round and tell you how to use your PlayStation.
0: Well, well, you could have just said press triangle because I've had this one for the last three shows now well I put it in I go to the video bit which is where I normally go to watch videos and you press you...
1: X don't you yeah probably and it says there's no videos <laughs>
0: but why, why would I know to press triangle well there's only four buttons you try them all why would, why would I try them all when the one that I usually press that works for everything that I've used it for doesn't work I digress why would I need to try that level <laughs> of experimentation <laughs> Get a grip out of <laughs>
2: Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of the New Generation Project podcast, where we honour the heroes of Hulkamania and analyse the architects of attitude in looking at the dark ages of the WWF, the mid-90s. My name's Stuart Brooks, and as ever, I'm joined by my very own brotherhood. It's dashing Adam Wykes. Hello. And Scrivdust.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) You like that one? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I like that.
2: Can can you do that for us? Can you do (sighs) that?
0: Oh, I feel a bit ill.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, uh, How are you both doing? All right. Bit tired gigging last night, but apart from that, fine. Was it good? Did you drum well? Yeah, we played a Wedding, and yes,
0: I drummed adequately. Did you play I'm Glad I Crashed the Wedding by Busted? We played no Busted. You need to look to expand your set. How mm. about you, Paul? How are you? Tired, but yeah. also trying to energise myself with sugar again, so it might be a sugar high kind of partway through the episode.
2: Today we'll be discussing Survivor Series 1994. And as ever, I've got a little bit of a question for you before we start. So, gents, I asked you to put together your Nightmare Survivor Series team. Adam, go for
1: it well i used the wwe encyclopedia just to to gain some you know, ah, insight into, who was, into who was out there and to refresh my memory really but i came up, forgotten any wrestlers i'd forgotten everyone but i came up with armid johnson billy gunn china giant gonzalez and i was i wasn't sure whether to put in john cena because i really just don't like his wrestling or naked midian probably naked midian <laughs> I might have the some guy that comes in every now and again. The the mystery man.
2: Oh yeah. I don't yeah.
1: know who this is, but he looks like he's covered in a carpet, so I guess he's not very really good. It's Brutus beefcake. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. After his parasailing accident. Unbelievable. <laughs> and I'd have them managed by Jack Tunney. <laughs> yes, they're good effort. Do they have a team name or crap. Any any reason any particular reason why they wouldn't get on? I don't think there's any reason that they wouldn't get on. I just don't think any of them are that competent in the ring okay so it would just be a bit of a train wreck oh,
0: good effort there good yeah, effort thanks very much. Paul, how about you? Well, well, I, I was struggling to think of anything, so in the end, I went for a bit of a gimmick, and I've done a whole match, oh, okay, rather than a team. So what I've done is one of my teams is John Cena, Lex Luger, Hulk Hogan, okay, and the Road Warriors, okay. See a theme? Something to do with selling. Okay, okay. Right, so my other team in the other corner is the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. I think I know where this is going now. Dolph Ziggler. I definitely know where it's going now. Mr. Perfect, Bret Hart, and
2: Jimmy Del Ray. So they're the team of selling. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) versus the team of no-sellers.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to call the team of sellers... The salesmen? I don't know, the the vendors or something like that. Okay. Maybe the non-sellers, the the discount bin, (laughs) because... (laughs) <laughs> they team won't ever
2: they won't ever sell. Team discount bin. I year. like it. I like it. Well, I've gone for a theme with mine. I've just done a team like you, Adam. Okay. My team is called Team 1995 and it's a little preview for our upcoming year. My team is Manta. Yes. Fantasio. Man Mountain Rock. And Techno Team 2000. What
1: the fuck are Techno Team 2000?
2: Well, you've got
0: all this to look forward to, haven't you? I know none of those people. I'm aware of Mantar.
2: Well, basically, my reason for them not getting along is because they're all so desperate for screen time and a push. They'd all be, you know, tacking <laughs> themselves in to try and get in the match. Well, I asked our <laughs> Facebook page for some terrible Survivor Series teams as well, and here are a few of my favourites. They didn't disappoint. They didn't disappoint, but there was a couple I couldn't read in good conscience. <laughs> So first one is called Team Avert Your Gaze, and they are Bastion Bugger, Naked Midian, so uh, picking nice. up from you, Adam, Big Daddy V, and Bertha Faye. That would be unpleasant to look at. <laughs> oh, I, got, I also don't know who Bertha Faye is. You'll see Bertha Faye in 95, don't I've, you? I've, I've, good theme tune. I've heard, yeah, I've heard yeah. the
0: music, because that's one of the songs that you left in my car.
2: We've got Fake Undertaker, Fake Kane, Fake Diesel, <laughs> and Fake Razor Ramon. What's the theme? That, Legitimacy. That's amazing. Okay, yeah. Yeah. We've got Bruce Hart and his knights. Good, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who any of the knights are,
1: but doesn't, It why. doesn't matter, does it? Yeah.
2: Crosby stills Kevin Nash and know. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's
0: very good.
2: We've got Team Wasted Jeans, which is Ted DiBiase Jr.
0: <laughs> oh, I'll see where this is going. Curtis
2: yes. Axel, yes. Garrett Bischoff and Wes Briscoe. And we've Ooh. got a Magicians team, which is... Papashango, Boogeyman, Fantasio, and Kevin Sullivan. Oh, yeah. I
1: actually quite like that team.
2: There's a, there's a couple of those matches I'd actually watch. In fact, there's a couple of those teams I'd rather see on this pay per view than the <laughs> one we've got.
1: Yeah, Crosby Stills Kevin Nash and Young.
2: <laughs> Are there any wrestlers called Crosby or Stills? Because you could have Eric Young there. That would mm. make sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't remember a Stills though, or a Crosby.
0: No, yeah. no,
2: not. <laughs> you were going to say Bing Crosby, weren't you? Or Denise Crosby? Bing Crosby.
0: Bing Crosby. <laughs> 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 maybe, maybe this will be a little bit like when Sweetness came in to be in a uh, Razor Ramones corner.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: Do you know what's nice?
0: Chocolate. We haven't got any steroid
2: trials or rape trials or anything to go through before we start watching this show. Everyone's been quite clean, have they? Well, no one's raped anyone or duped <laughs> anyone into taking steroids. That's been published, you know. Oh, so
1: Fantastic. So yeah. if, if it has been done, no one's heard about They've it. They've kept it secret, yeah. so thanks. You've
2: made my job this time somewhat easier. What I will make mention of before we get started is a show held a couple of weeks before this on the 6th of November 1994 in Los Angeles, California. The event was called When Worlds Collide and was a co-promotion between W. WCW and the Triple A Group from Mexico. You ever seen it? Heard of it? Like, uh, I think maybe? I've heard the name, but I don't really know anything about it. Okay, it's an absolutely top notch show that's well worth watching. If you've never seen it, go out your way to see it. I wouldn't be surprised if it turns up on the network at some point. Mm. Obviously, being a WCW co promotion, they would have the rights to it. It featured such talent as a 20 year old Rey Mysterio, Psychosis, Conan, La Parker, Two Cold Scorpio, Chris Benoit, and Luis Spicoli, who we'll see in the WWF in 1995. The highlight of the show is a two out of three. Ball's hair versus mask tag team match between El Hijo del Santo and Octagon against La Pareja del Terror, the Love Machine Art Bar, and Eddie Guerrero. Hmm. Ah. Which is absolutely fantastic. It's on one of the Guerrero DVDs. Barr and Guerrero were expected to make the move to ECW shortly after this, though sadly Barr died in his sleep. Wow. Oh jeez. Yeah. Guerrero, however, would still be bought into ECW by Paul Heyman. Another thing I'll briefly mention is something we touched on in the SummerSlam episode in autumn nineteen ninety four was the the time of the WWF heart attack tour the only wrestling show I ever attended as a child and I believe the same for you Adam
1: indeed yeah and I've got a feeling that I'd probably stopped watching wrestling by the time this yeah by given then, by, your by, knowledge by, base by, yeah. by the time that I went to see it but I think we must have booked the tickets like months and months in advance and I'd...
2: well we're talking years
1: yeah. surely uh, you know what I did find actually I've found because I'm a little bit of a strange person keep things for a long time I've got the, the like the newspaper cutting of the heart attack tour I'll, oh have you I'll try and scan it in a Scan it in and we'll put yeah.
2: it out. So from the history of WWE.com, here's the card from the 17th of September 1994 at the NEC in Birmingham, England. So let's see if it rings any bells. Bearing in mind Adam's short-term memory is very, very bad, but I'm counting on his long-term memory here. So Okay. IRS beat the 123 kid. Remember that. Alundra Blaze pinned Ball Nakano. I don't remember that. See, me neither. Yeah. Yeah. I've got no memory of it. Obviously blocked it. Mabel pinned Bam Bam Bigelow. I remember a big fat guy. That must have been Mabel. Well, the website claims this match when 17 minutes. I cannot imagine a 17 minute Mabel match. No. Shawn Michaels and Diesel beat Lex Luger and Razor Ramon via DQ. I remember Shawn Michaels and Diesel being there. No? No. Nothing? No. Jeff Jarrett pinned Doink the
1: Clown. I certainly don't remember that. The Undertaker defeated Yokozuna in a casket match. And that is probably my one really clear memory okay. of it. I do remember that, yeah.
2: And in the main event, Bret Hart and Davey Boy Smith pinned Owen Hart and Jim Neidhart.
1: Yes, actually, I remember that. I remember thinking, bloody hell, the British Bulldogs there.
2: Yeah. It's Wednesday, November the 23rd, 1994, and we are live from the Freeman Coliseum in San Antonio, Texas, before a crowd of 10,000 with 2,000 comps, although they cheekily announced the show as a sellout. The show drew a 0.9 buy rate for a company gross of $2.32 million and a live gate of $120,000.
1: Yeah, so they got some extra people in there for free for free. but then they're talking about 800 extra seats
2: well they had to seat all these free people didn't they again it looks better when your arena's full I suppose and it's, it's yeah. quite nice
1: to say that so many people wanted to come to this that we've had to put on more seats Yeah. without yeah. saying that we gave away so many tickets for this we had to put on more seats
2: the dark match before this show saw Bob Spark Plug Holly defeat Quang I'm missing Quang again did you yeah. notice
0: the name change there Bob. Spark, he's, not Thurman but, yeah. he's not
2: Thurman Sparky Plug he is now Bob Spark Plug Holly did we watch the pre-show we
0: did Paul I didn't well I I saw I didn't know it was the pre-show when I started watching it and I kind of fast forwarded it because I I was so upset by the first 30 seconds so Todd Pettingill can't ride a horse Uh, it was just the worst thing I think I've ever seen because <laughs> he's talking he's going to ride his horse down to the ring from the stables which must be pretty close I imagine to the ring but yeah he can't get onto the horse properly and then he forgets to think oh no there's there's kind of a ceiling thing on the stable and I, don't yeah, know, I can't really get that? out
1: yeah. <laughs> da- it, in, in all the pay-per-views that we've seen so far and all the Todd Pettingill appearances have we had one yet that makes us think Pettingill yeah he's alright no not or one. We, we've been quite upset about every time he's appeared yeah, yeah. well
0: it was the was it the Summerslam 93 that had, was it Jim Fowler or someone? Oh, Joe Fowler. Joe Fowler, was it? Yeah,
2: yeah. He was the guy who interviewed the bus driver.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. I thought Joe Fowler was so bad that it made Todd Pettingill look good. (laughs) But but that's now a faded memory. Yes, that is now a faded memory. So Todd Pettingill just looks bad again. Yeah. Do you think they've got the hang of video packages now,
2: Adam, with the Taker, Yoko, Chuck Norris, film credits type deal?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it's definitely progressing. You can see what they're what they're trying to do. It's not quite up to the the slickness of what we see nowadays, which are you know really really professionally made sort of things. But it's better than what but, we got in say
2: 1993.
1: Yeah. It's an attempt to give us like a decent amount of backstory. I think they've cottoned on to the fact that in order for people to care a bit more, they need to know a little bit of context.
0: Yeah, I thought it was quite good and I thought the graphics were surprisingly good for 1994. They're a bit PS1, but I suppose that's around but, but, the yeah, time PS, of the PS1, yeah. yeah.
1: But you could say the same thing about the, the company as a whole from this point all the way up into, the, you know, the early 2000s is they are the master of cutting-edge 3D graphics. It doesn't matter, like, what sort of system it's being made of, but they're always trying to use, like, these 3D graphics. The Iron the... Sheik is in the Bob Backlund promo. We like the Iron Sheik. I was gutted he didn't get a cut promo himself. Yeah, we see some footage of him making Bob Backlund humble don't we?
2: tells us that apparently the chicken wing feels like cancer had
1: <laughs> you skipped by this point Bob? yeah oh yes definitely
2: did you notice as well they referenced the Undertaker returning at SummerSlam but not any sort of match or who he faced yeah. it's just the Undertaker returned oh yeah. look here's his entrance yeah my note here says Todd Pettingill is a cunt he mentions <laughs> he mentions that the WWF doesn't do pay-per-views all the time which is a little bit of a dig at WCW who only did seven in 1994 but Todd mm, give it about six months and you'll be doing one every month so Ray Rougeau interrupts for no reason to interview the Teamsters. They don't want to talk to him. They go yeah. back
1: to Todd. It, it's a very, very pointless cutaway. Yeah.
2: Todd introduces Vince and Gorilla as Little Joe and Hoss. In response, a gurning Vince McMahon mocks Todd for his <laughs> earring. Todd yeah. claims to be a midnight cowboy, which, if I'm not mistaken, is a male prostitute.
1: Maybe he is. I He's, don't know. He said it.
3: Yeah.
2: We end with a cowboy-themed promo for the series featuring old clips from Westerns, which I thought was actually pretty cool. Mm,
4: yeah. And they
2: called Taker the man with no name after saying his name.
4: To the heart of Texas comes the Survivor Series.
5: There's a tall Andre in a black hat standing at the blacksmith shop. The
4: man with no name has returned from the dark side to settle an old school. He's a big man around here. Beware the wrath of the Undertaker. Undertaker? They
5: go from local whenever he's announced.
4: The WWF Survivor Series, live from the Lone Star State, Thanksgiving Eve on pay-per-view. It's time to meet your maker.
2: We get a little earlier today where the teams all discuss their tactics. It's the tactics. Well, we should beat them. Yeah, pretty much. We should tag in and out. None of us should get pinned and we should win the match. We should, we should, none of us, we should get counted out.
0: Yeah. That should be, that (laughs) should be a key key strategy. I can only assume
2: Shaw Michael's little team talk was, let's let Diesel powerbomb everyone. (laughs) Which worked out pretty well <laughs> up until a point. Yep, PS1 graphics introduced the show. It's got a little bit of a theme. We've got a little bit of a cowboy theme going on here. Coyotes, Cactuses, Tumbleweed. It's time to meet your maker. Our announce team is Vince, Little Joe McMahon and Gorilla Hoss Monsoon.
0: What, what's this Little Joe and Hoss? I don't get it. It's just, it's I little... presume they're cowboy names. Yeah. Is it something
2: like Bonanza
0: or something? Around probably, yeah. Some <laughs> American
2: cowboy show we've never watched. There's been several changes on the announcing front since SummerSlam. The most notable being on the 7th November edition of Raw, Vince McMahon announced that Randy Savage was absent from the show as he and the WWF couldn't come to terms on a new contract. Following that, he made a heartfelt tribute thanking the Macho Man for his years with the WWF. What's mildly surprising about that tribute is that Vince had actually found out that Savage was negotiating with WCW whilst Macho was still working for the
1: WWF. He would never
2: return to the Federation before his death on May the 20th, 2011.
1: That's a shame, really, because I think it's the last time that I've really kind of gotten to like Macho Man's commentary. though it's completely batshit insane yeah well I don't really understand what he's saying but it's entertaining
2: Paul you're gonna miss the match oh
1: yeah Thanks
2: for that. (laughs) Macho would make his WCW debut less than a month later on the 3rd of December 1994 edition of WCW Saturday Night. Symbolically, this was a big loss for the WWF as though Savage hadn't been a big in-ring competitor in the last couple of years, he was very much the last huge star of the Hulkamania era to leave. Secondly, following Vince McMahon's acquittal in the steroid trial, Jim Ross's contract was not renewed. Speculation said that it was more to do with work schedule than money and Vince would take Ross's spot at the announce desk on Raw. Stop
1: letting Jim Ross go. Are you upset? Yeah, because he's quite good, and if he's not there, that means Vince is there, and Vince is, well... Vince. Yeah, Vince is Vince.
2: Ross, however, would be rehired in December 1994. Before they sack him again, <laughs> by any chance? No, he's there for a good long time. All right, and he'd spend the better part of the next two years working in syndicated television. And finally, Johnny Polo gave his two-week notice on August the 15th. Oh, so white. he's gone as well. He'd been working on the production of WWF Mania mm-hmm. and All-American Wrestling, but he's decided to restart his in-ring career. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. Do, will it go anywhere? He probably won't
0: keep the Johnny <laughs> Polo gimmick. This was the first pay-per-view to have Spanish commentators as well. Oh, have they decided they need a Spanish-announced table to put everyone through?
2: <laughs> Not quite yet. So our first match is The Bad Guys, which comprises... Razor Ramon the 123 Kid the British Bulldog and the new Head Shrinkers versus the Teamsters Shawn Michaels Diesel Jeff Jarrett Owen Hart and Jim Neidhart
1: yeah the new Head Shrinkers
2: we sat watching this Paul and Adam was sat there watching next to me going is that the Barbarian why is the Barbarian there is that the Barbarian
1: <laughs> and he wasn't telling me and then they came out and he got a big close up So like, that's the fucking Barbarian why is the Barbarian now part of the Head Shrinkers how did
2: this well h-
0: hang on I mean this this guy Sione is, is yeah. that right I had no no idea, I, I don't know the Barbarian. Yeah, he
2: would be out of your time frame, that's all.
0: is that, Is that my league? Well,
2: I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to try. Sione was introduced on the twenty sixth of September edition of Raw when the new head trinkers attacked Shawn Michaels and Diesel following a squash match. Lou Albano actually refers to Sione as Simone on his debut, so good start. Albano claimed that Sabu, uh, Sabu, he's, he's turned up. He's turned up. Yeah, he's a head trinker now as well. <laughs> Albano claimed that Samu had got a Samoan disease from eating raw fish. So
1: <laughs> is that racist?
2: Probably. The legit reason seems to be that he missed dates and was either fired or quit. Also, I
1: think Sabu would have made a great head shrinker. Yeah, I could could see that. And they wouldn't really have had to change his name very much. (laughs) Sabu, Sabu, it's fine. So yep. Lou, Lou Albano had been all right with it.
2: Samu would briefly return to the WWF in 1995 alongside his cousin Matt Anuwai, aka Rosie. Ah, oh yeah, yeah. As the Samoan gangster party, they would never actually wrestle, but they would just watch Fatu from afar. Was,
0: was that like a political thing?
2: <laughs> no no <laughs> they weren't running for sort of uh-huh. seatings they would never actually wrestle but they would just watch Fatou from afar not lovingly I don't think Yeah, in a kind of stalker-esque way
1: yeah like that guy in TNA yeah.
2: not, not like Sam Shaw yeah. really <laughs> No, Fatu had changed his gimmick, which we'll obviously see to a sort of positive street role model, and they were supposed to be his old gangster buddies, but uh. nothing ever came of it. The Samoan Gangster Party would turn up in ECW in 1996 and briefly feud with... Dunno. The gangsters. Oh, that I mean, uh, makes sense. Yeah. And yes, we recognize Sioni. He's not actually a Samoan, nor is he related to Fatu, Yokozuna, or The Rock. He is the artist formerly known as The Barbarian, who is actually Tongan. Since leaving the WWF in 1991, he had competed in WCW, going so far as to challenge then WCW World Champion Ron Simmons for the title at Halloween Havoc 1992. Really? So, yeah, yeah. Farouk, yes. Damn! <laughs> Your impressions just get better.
1: So the Barbarian actually did pretty well in
2: WCW? No, but it was one of the cases where he was dragging the title down rather than is it the like, Barbarian. Was, is
1: this like a Bob Holly title yeah, challenge? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah we're talking you. that sort of thing.
2: He reappeared as the Barbarian in the WWF, wrestling on house shows in June, before being repackaged as Sione. This, sadly, is pretty much the death of the Head Shrinkers, although, as I say, Fatu will remain with us.
3: Mm. Sad to
1: see them go as a tag team? They were pretty good. Pretty reliable, actually, weren't they, as, as a decent team. So that's that's another one of the good teams that we've seen that bites the dust.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sad to see them go.
1: Have you mm-hmm. noticed the slow death of the tag team division?
0: Yeah, they just is, seem to be whittled down well, to is, its is, bare minimum. Is this partly due to Shawn Michaels and Diesel holding the belt, or is that just trying to cover up the gap? Or That's
2: probably trying to cover up the gap in that there's no decent, well, there is decent heel teams, but no big heel teams. So who have we actually got left Like
1: when the head shrinkers go? Who are the main players I guess
2: Smoking Guns. Smoking Guns, the Heavenly Bodies are still
1: knocking around. We get the debut of Techno Team 2000. Yeah, we've not seen them yet, though. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I'm imagining, in my head, I'm I'm seeing the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> but I don't know if that's accurate. Sadly, no, it's ah.
2: not. Although I would love to see a tag team match with the Pet Shop <laughs> Boys. Maybe they could face Wham. Daft Punk. Erasure. Erasure. <laughs> We have now got a four-corner tag team match. <laughs> Nothing's going to go on in the tag division until Owen Hart and the British Bulldog turn up to save it in 1996. So
1: Ooh, we've got. we've so we got kind of like a year of limbo with the tag division. Absolutely,
2: the Teamsters are out to Diesel's music, mm. Diesel's noise. Has it not reached music status yet? Is it still a noise?
1: Still just fucking noise, isn't
0: it? It's certainly unwanted sound, which is but, effectively noise. But what I did like about it is that they've got sort
1: of like an entrance video for yes. him now. Yeah, that, that was cool. That, was, that looked really yeah. good. The, the, the truck coming towards the camera. It didn't progress anything further than that. It was just that. But they'd orchestrated it in such yeah. a way where he walks into. Think, the oh shop. my God, he's going to get run over! No one thought that. I did think that. But. but <laughs> That'd be a horrendous opening to a pay per
2: view. <laughs> Sorry, just, this match is cancelled after the team's <laughs> been run over. Just just, just,
1: just Diesel. But. It's
0: mowed down. No, I really liked it. Really yeah. good. They got Big Heat coming out as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. And,
0: and Shawn Michaels did the whole dancing in front of him again, which Vince pointed out this time, yeah. saying that he always likes to be in the limelight or something.
2: They also have corner sparkler things when they get to the ring as well, which I gather are Shawn's rather than Diesel's. So they've got Diesel's music, but Shawn's pyro. Hmm. Well, they, they are a team. At least they've not done a kind of Curtis Axel Ryback remix. Job on the music. Oh
1: god, yeah. Have you heard that, Paul? No, it's It's fucking terrible. terrible. It doesn't sound like a remix. It just sounds like two songs
0: being played at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking shit. They should do that. That's that's actually it? If there's like like five competitors for a team, they should just play all five
1: music. that's one.
0: good <coughs> now you've got to do that on sound uh, booth for us
1: oh, I yeah. could do that yeah I'll take all these guys theme tunes and play them at the same time <laughs> and, and it'll just make
0: one horrid just, noise just sort of <laughs> of all, all at the same level as, as well. so, so, so nothing is discernible yeah. But, yeah but just see which
1: team has the best music well you see if you put them all at the same level if one kind of stands out from the rest because it's yeah. better
2: the bad guys are out to Razor's theme Razor gets to the ring and he gets a golden shower <laughs>
0: Look, look, lucky uh, him. Do, do you mean? Do you mean of pyro? Of pyro, yeah. Not of. That, uh, I've got to say that pyro I thought looked really good. Really, he good.
1: gets a really good pop as well when he comes out. He? You know, the, he has been, hasn't he? Yeah the, yeah, the razor theme of being dead over continues. Will, will it ever end? Yes. Okay. When it's somebody else playing him. Oh, so it, it ends
2: when he leaves, pretty much. Let's get this out of the way. Pants red and gold. You know what? That's I've, enough
0: about my underwear. I've got. <laughs>
2: I've got no notes on his pants. Whoa. Mm, something's changed. Oh, no, I thought they were good. We've reached, they were good. The, we've reached the other side here.
0: I can't imagine what else was going on in that ring to distract you from looking at Razor Ramon's pants. <laughs> it's a golden shower.
2: Okay. Okay. <laughs> the kid and Owen start, and we get big one, two, three chance. But before they actually do anything, Owen tags in the Anvil, so we get robbed of a little bit of a King of the Ring rematch. There,
0: Yeah. sorry, I'm just going to interject there because actually, before all this started, did you notice there was a little bit that I took as HBK mocking the British Bulldogs walk? No, I didn't Is spot that, this. You kind of because the Bulldogs walk it looks slightly mechanical. Do you, do you kind of know what I mean by that? I know his
2: walk. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's good that you know somebody's walk, but no, it, it looked to me like HBK was mocking. Okay, I'll have to rewatch that then.
2: On the outside, Fatou is having problems putting his boots on.
0: Well, he doesn't normally wear boots, does he? Exactly. What a great gimmick. You can't put your shoes on. (laughs) Well, to to be honest, you know, it it takes a while as a a child to learn to... So I suppose even even worse as an adult. I mean, just an interesting aside, Baby Scriven's got his first shoes recently. Um, Can you put them on? He can't, (laughs) no. He's a baby. (laughs) So similar to to Fatou, then? Yeah, but um, that's the comparison that I'm making. That's the point. (laughs) We get
2: a big shoulder block by the anvil, and the kid responds with a drop kick. The kid then awkwardly runs into the anvil and just sort of falls down.
0: I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it now. I, I didn't think the kid was on form tonight. No, his just moves weren't smooth. Okay, there, there was a few things that, that just weren't crisp like he normally is. Okay, well, he's in a bit more of a cluttered match than normal, I suppose. Yeah, there, there was certainly something with razor later that was seemed a bit botched okay
2: Jarrett comes in and he struts and the kid knocks him out of the ring Sione comes in and he gorilla presses Jeff Jarrett and Glitter falls off Jarrett's trousers
0: yes the... well there's a couple of things here because the first point that I'm going to make is that it seems to be some kind of tinseled tribute to Giant Gonzalez <laughs> his, his trousers <laughs> so, so I thought that was interesting the, the also reference that he's trying to get is his latest song in the charts on the NAA label but Not Available Anywhere lately. oh that was a Gorilla Monsoon joke that was a Gorilla it? Monsoon but also, I'm going to point out at this stage that the referee looked a little bit like Les Dennis, I thought. <laughs> and I thought that this had interesting parallels to last year's Survivor Series, which had Ray Combs. Okay, who was... Because yeah. who, who was the host of Family Feud. <coughs> which is Family Fortunes. Fortunes yeah. You think it's
2: Les a, Dennis a, used a, a
0: planned thing? I think so. I think mm, yeah. I it's the whole thing. has just been very subtly done. So at Survivor
2: Series 1995, I should be on the lookout for Vernon Vern yes. <laughs> Clothesline from the top by Jeff Jarrett and the Barbarian throws him off the cover. Owen is into big booze, and he wants the Bulldog. The Bulldog responds, tagging him to cheers. He looks inflated. Yeah. We noted this at SummerSlam, but... It's even more noticeable now. Yeah, he's
1: pretty jacked up, isn't he? But he's still very, but very can, agile. Yeah. But he can
2: still move, yeah. yes. He steals Owen's little kip-up sequence, which Owen then repeats, but saying, Look, I can do it better. Yeah. Owen gets monkey-flipped into the babyface corner, where they all give him a good smacking. Yeah, I like that. We get a gorilla press by Davey Boy Smith, and a sunset flip for a two before Owen nails and ends a gurry.
0: The gorilla press, I didn't think,
2: looked too good, I didn't think. No. We get a tag to the anvil, and Bulldog holds anvil up for ages for a big suplex. Vince refers to the Bulldog as, a big rhino so which is he a bulldog or a rhino a bulldog or a rhino you're mixing your metaphors there Vince He's still very, very strong, though, to hold the envelope for... Yeah, he's not a light guy. We get a tag to Fatou, who can't climb to the top rope in his boots. No, I thought that was amusing. Do you like that gimmick? I get the story is that, obviously, Albano is trying to civilise the head shrinkers, but Fatou's a pretty talented guy, and you're giving him at least a temporary gimmick of you can't tie your shoelaces. It's not a good one, is it? No. A headbutt from the top, and again, Fatou plays with his shoes. We get a tag to Jarrett, and the heels confer in the corner, and Razor is in. Jarrett struts some more after a successful arm drag... In in fact, he struts after pretty much everything he does.
1: Yeah, I think he does more strutting than wrestling, actually. Yeah.
2: Razor and Jarrett exchange headlocks before Razor lamps him and Jarrett goes out of the ring to a clothesline. Jarrett mm-hmm. actually plays smug
1: shit quite well. Yeah, yes. he's quite detestable, isn't he?
2: Yeah. He gets hit with the sack of shit. Kid is in, and they do the double team sack of shit we saw in the click tag match. This was the yeah. bit that
0: wasn't smooth. They yeah, it was of, a bit they, clumsy, wasn't it? They bumbled around. It's like, it was kind of like almost had to walk around Jarrett, was it? To, yeah, yeah. It was the. Yeah, and it was, they almost it,
1: it was, the, um, it was those two getting into the
0: right position where yeah. it's like they weren't quite on the same page. And then it was a bit Jarrett was a bit close to them when they did it yeah. as well.
2: Okay. Jarrett applies an abdominal stretch and looks for assistance from the outside, but the ref keeps spotting it. Kid reverses the hold before Jarrett tosses him outside, seemingly over the cameraman. Yeah, that was cool. Mm. You like the cameraman getting knocked over. He's always good for a giggle. The kid is back in, he tags to Fatu. the heels tag to Owen. Owen hits his spinning wheel kick for a two. He tries bashing Fatu's head into the corner, but he no sells it, and then does some damage. Dancing before nutting Owen in the balls. That was
1: brilliant. Yeah, and it's kind of tells us what Rikishi it's will become. become it is, yeah. isn't it, you know? He's uh, got I'll, some moves, he's good. Yeah, yeah he's, he's pretty good.
2: I suppose as part of this whole civilising thing, Lou Albano has taught him how to
0: dance. I'd like to see Lou Albano dance like that. He can't yeah.
1: climb the ropes with his shoes on, but he can dance with them on. Yeah. That's fine. He can dance, he can dance. Everybody take off your pants or whatever it says. What? <laughs> Safety dance. Oh, this what
2: Turkey's banging Dan, on about Dan, in um, Dan, Dan.
1: Scrubs. And it's also
2: in the Futurama episode yeah. with okay. the 80s guy.
1: It's not as safe as you'd think. It's not. <laughs> no.
2: We get a blind tag to Diesel, who Fatu turns into, eats his trademark bump off the clothesline, mm. and gets jackknifed for a three count.
0: But no, the thing is, this is one of the things that normally everybody's in to break up that pin and everybody just stands there no one it. bothers doing no. in this match well because
2: theoretically if everyone was doing that one match would last about four hours because well, you'd well, have to take out the entire it's like when you play tag matches on any sort of WWE video game you have to always
0: make sure you go and lamp the guy on the apron first before you <laughs> yeah. attempt to yeah, in. because
2: but, he's always going to run in and break
0: it up but yeah that's it it's, but it's it's one of those little things that is just a lack of consistency almost in the product and you're yeah. right it is unavoidable but it's just one of those things that when you get this situation it looks odd because to me it doesn't look odd when people come in to break up the pin because that's, that's what, what you do. do Yeah. because if you're going to lose the match by DQ anyway and you're going to lose a match by getting pinned it doesn't make any odds does it no true
2: the kid is in and he runs around Diesel for a bit until he attempts a sunset flip and gets lifted and thrown as is customary or the yes. lifting chokehold
0: by yeah. that was really good it was really high and really powerful and probably hurt his neck quite a lot well I've got to say uh, for, for me this was a strong performance by Nash I thought
2: yeah oh god yeah this is oh. absolutely made out to be a
3: killer, I, I, I yeah. thought.
0: I mean, you were a big fan of the, the Royal Rumble. For me, this was a better performance. I mean, obviously because okay. it's a bit more focused on him. Yeah, I was perhaps paying a bit more attention, but I thought he looked a lot smoother in this.
1: I think what we've seen is this is what he's good at. Yeah, you just keep funneling people at him, let him do a few moves on him, power bomb him, and it's really good. But does that transfer up to having a, you know a singles 10, 15 minutes singles yeah. matches? I don't know. But Reserve I, judgment, but but I, but I can make an educated guess.
2: The kid turns around anyway, and it's his turn for a. Jackknife 2, and he's out. Sione is in, in short order. He gets jackknifed, and he's done too. So yeah. Diesel's eliminated three people in short order. And
1: at, th- at this point, I will make a comment that Gorilla Monsoon really overuses the word kisser. Yes, <laughs> I noticed that. He, he can't say face it's you know look at the kisser on him oh he took that to the kisser as we get through the pay vince starts doing yeah. it as well so the bookers yeah. take <laughs> back kissers all the time but
0: you're all right. It's, it's just one of those weird things to start to re- refer to body parts as the function that they perform yeah i mean i guess you you can talk about peepers for eyes maybe he doesn't say that smellers he, he's smellers. Smellers. he, he got hit right in the smeller
1: <laughs> so yeah he got, he got kicked in his walkers yeah <laughs> 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 and booted in the shitter.
3: <laughs>
1: just... I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's
2: just odd. Is it? as bad got a as... low
0: blow in the pisser. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Is it as bad as Vince's use of the word unquestionably? <laughs> well, un-
1: unquestionably. <laughs>
0: Yeah, was oh very good.
1: Yeah, it, it just irritated me slightly. No,
0: the no, you're absolutely right. I did pick up on that. That it was during this match. It was about like every other word, wasn't it? <laughs> For a while.
1: <laughs>
2: What did we reckon to the quality of Nash's power bombs on this occasion? Really
0: yeah,
1: good. I'd say variable. Okay. Some, really? of them, some of them are quite good. Some of them just look like it can't be bothered. I'm not sure whether that's a good... Like, is, is that deliberate?
2: Yeah, no. I think the dismissive nature
0: yeah, of it, it is... Yeah, he
1: just pulls them up and just drops them down and then it's done. I,
0: yeah. cer- I certainly know. thought that... I think it was on the 1-2-3 kid. I don't know if it was the lifting chokehold or if it was the power bomb. He nearly does it onto the ref, onto Les Dennis. <laughs> Powerbomb through Les Dennis. Awesome that's a match move. winner. Yeah, it is a match winner. <laughs> (laughs) Any day of the week.
2: That should be a match type on a game. (laughs)
3: Like a table match.
2: Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> bulldog is in and he eats a big boot and goes to the outside while the kid is having a nap. Sean offers diesel <laughs> advice like he needs it. At this point you've just eliminated three people, I'm just going to come and tell you how to do your job.
1: I quite like this because at this point, oh, I was getting the feeling it was a little bit like Master Blaster in Mad, Mad Max, Max 2. Or, no, Mad Max, Mad Max 3, 3. yeah, Because you've got the big guy in there just doing anything and you've got Sean Markers kind of hopping around, yeah. telling him instructions. Yeah, beat him now. yeah.
2: Owen and Jarrett beat down the Bulldog on the outside and for some reason raise a schoolboy's diesel for a two as Vince tells us the Bulldog was counted out so I was kind yeah. of confused at that point I was thinking yeah. why is he schoolboying him he's not in the match and I don't think it even gets announced over no. the PA does it yeah, that the Bulldog's I, been eliminated I thought
1: the Bulldog was still in it because no. I, I swear like, you see him just at the side of the camera kind of get back up onto the apron that's the last yeah. bit we see him yeah. and I thought oh he must still be in yeah
0: Evidently not. Some of the announcing didn't quite tell that story as well as it needed to, to make it clear to the viewer. Right. For Mm. me. It's
1: Another one, I can't help but think that if Jim Ross maybe was commentating, we would have probably got a bit of... Explanation. ...what was going on, yeah.
2: Are they protecting Bulldog by not having him get powerbombed and getting counted out instead? Is he less expendable than the head shrinkers and the kid? Has he got a big run coming up? Not in the immediate future. Or can Nash not get the Bulldog up?
1: I don't think Nash should have a problem getting the Bulldog up. (laughs) Well, I mean, does the Bulldog weigh any more than like
2: Razor yeah he's got to hasn't he I know Razor's taller but he's a lot thinner isn't he whereas Bulldog's just hench I guess is the word the kids <laughs> you, you would couldn't, say you couldn't that see, is the
0: word that the kids use Yeah, you, yeah. you shouldn't see Stuart's mime there for, for being kind of big inflated yeah. steroided up it was good Yeah, Thanks. he kind of I'll describe it to you he kind of raised his shoulders a little bit <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's That's... now five on one anyway Razor gets a two off a Bulldog not the Bulldog <laughs>
0: It does get confusing where there's there's a person who is the name of a move. Yeah, yeah. Bulldog gets bulldogged. Razor took the Razor's edge a few times, didn't he? Did he not? No, 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 he did. It did. From Shawn Michaels. It's on on some video packages, but Shawn Michaels couldn't do it very well.
2: Michaels tells Diesel to jackknife the bad guy. He doesn't. He snake eyes him in the corner instead. Razor gets whipped into the hill corner where he lamps Jarrett. Sean again urges for the jackknife. Razor slams Diesel and signals for the Razor's edge. He gets back body dropped for his efforts. Sean over
1: on the outside yeah
2: has he been in this match
1: at all no no, no. <laughs> He's also got crazy hair, hasn't
0: he? Yes, we've not actually discussed Sean's yeah, hair on like this Yeah, like he's one.
1: taken his mullet and turned it into a plait.
0: But he's also had a shave, and he looks really quite young now, I think. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's a very different-looking Sean
2: Michaels. Yeah. Have you seen any of the 80s footage of him with the short hair? Because, yeah, he looks completely no. different. I don't think I've seen that. It's pre-WWF. There's yeah. a match on one of the DVDs. I think it's against the One Man Gang or someone like that, or Ted DiBiase. It might mm. be on the Mid-South Blu-ray, with a very, very young Sean Michaels. Yeah, and he's got short hair and looks, looks very, very different. These mm. are finally decides for the jackknife, and Sean has now decided he would like a tag and he would like to be in the match. He wants Diesel to hold Razor for the super kick. I mean, what could possibly go wrong with this? I
0: think nothing. I think this is a foolproof plan, which will definitely not go wrong. Especially considering... It's already happened twice. Yeah, it's already... (laughs) It
1: happens... You know, every pay per view for the last couple of months.
0: To be fair, Diesel should have seen this
2: coming. This is the one thing we didn't want to happen. I do love that quote. Razor ducks, obviously, and Sean nails Diesel for the third time. Sean's ah oh, shucks selling is also amazing. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn d- it! Damn it! <laughs> But I Di- thought this would worked this time. <laughs> yeah. Diesel is pissed. He shoves his teammates away as the crowd goes absolutely berserk. It's yeah, interesting
1: though that the, the, the super kick doesn't knock out Diesel this time. Does no, it? he no. doesn't have a 20 minute nap after this one. He, he just he kneels down looking angry and then gets up and looks really
2: angry. It's one of those things where like, you know, sometimes a move will put you down and then other times it'll fire you up.
0: Mm. Yeah. But I've just realised that maybe I could have had Diesel in both my no selling, my discount bin <laughs> team from today, but from the, the last episode...
2: Where he laid on the mat for 20 minutes, yeah. Well,
0: on the apron. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah he could have been in the other team as well. One team as Diesel, one team as Kevin Nash. Yes. Which is which. Yeah. But the crowd went berserk, I thought. For yeah, it, yeah. They, 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 they were dead into it. it.
1: You can kind of see them in the background, can't you? There's a, there's a gradual... As he's kneeling down... They're, they're kind of a little bit agitated. As he stands up, then sort of the whole crowd stands up as well. Yeah,
0: I, think. I've, I must be honest. I'm not as excited about this as the crowd were. No, no, well, we're not living in 1994. I think you are stuck in
3: 1994. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but. Diesel chases Sean down the aisleway, nailing Owen Jarrett and the Anvil on his way out. Meanwhile, the referee is counting, and a barely conscious Razor Ramon is declared the winner. Owen Hart is the only person who seems to realise what's going on, yeah. but it's too late. shall we go back if country.
1: we're going to lose the match?
2: And that is. Is it he match just... over. Razor Ramon is your winner. What do we think to this?
1: I kind of liked it. Thought it was pretty good.
0: The storyline, I guess, is good. L- looking forward because I-, I guess there's going to be a big angle with with Diesel and Sean coming up. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, but in well, ter- that was pretty much
2: the big angle with yeah. Diesel and Shawn. I
0: mean, but in terms of the match, it's a pretty rubbish ending. I think just to have a whole team counted out. So what we well, we've got six people counted out. Five the- was there not somebody- oh six
2: if you count Davy Boy. Yeah. yeah,
0: so six people counted out in the first match. But this is always a problem with Survivor Series. It- it- it is, and, and like I don't mind like if there's a few of them. So, if they'd kind of got it down a bit, and let's say it was Sean Andy, and, and Diesel, Diesel yeah. and maybe one other that was trying to kind of get them back. So, maybe if I was still there saying, you know, we've got to get back to the ring, we're going to lose the match, that's fair enough. Get a couple of eliminated that way. But five, a whole team, mm. for me, doesn't work. Because it also could have made Razor look stronger yeah. for me by eliminating. It doesn't people.
2: necessarily make him look good despite mm. the fact he's won the match yeah. I mean obviously the, the focal point of this bout is Diesel and nobody else
0: was it somebody said it to us on Facebook or Twitter about the earnings for this match yeah that was quite interesting because what was it Sean about um, 50,000 yeah something like that but Diesel and Razor with about 30, 32 something like yeah, that yeah and Sean did nothing essentially yeah he, he kicked his partner in the face and then ran away <laughs> and, and ran away he did overact on the outside so I suppose he's got that going for him yeah and he had to buy that outfit we, we haven't really discussed the outfit but that was Special as well yeah, as
2: usual. Didn't they run the exact same angle with the opening card heel tag team at last year's Survivor Series? Do you remember you had Diesel, IRS, Adam Bomb, Rick Martel, and somebody else, and they were they were Dissension
0: as well. Yeah, you? but they, I mean, they stepped it up a notch at least for this. I mean that that was all a bit mild last year.
2: What would be your hopes for this Diesel Sean split? Where do you think it's going? Where would you like it to go?
0: I'd like to see Sean have a meaningful one-on-one feud again, and, and just have some matches where it's him and somebody else because it all gets a bit. Cluttered. I think when you have mm. multiple people, it's been like an enjoyable little sequence of the last few episodes watching them together. But I'm I'm ready for some Shawn Michaels quality action. matches. Yeah.
1: Adam, I know where it's going for Diesel. I'm not sure really what happens to Sean at this point, but it's been a very good thing for for Diesel, hasn't it? Yeah, the fact that Shawn is saying these things in the promo like I oh, I made him, I did this, did that. He didn't make him, but I think being paired up with Shawn Michaels was certainly very very advantageous for for Diesel for Diesel's yeah. development. Do, yeah,
0: do you think just looking back? to the tagline of the event, meet your maker. Is, is that a kind of a very clever subtle hint or is that just... A happy coincidence.
2: It rhymes with Taker.
0: Well, yeah, it does rhyme with, it, it does rhyme <laughs> with Taker. But in terms of, you know, he's saying, you know, I made him, and then this is where that feud is going. So he will meet. No, I maker. don't think
2: it's. I think it's in reference to the main event, isn't okay. it? In that Yokozuna is going to die.
0: Yeah, I thought this match was okay. There was a
2: couple of decent performances in the early yeah. going. Bulldog looked good despite his inflated physique. Owen looked, looked good. good as normal. I didn't spot the offness with the kid. I thought he was all right. Even Jarrett was good in his sort of annoying prick heel role. And yeah, you can't really spot like someone any better than they did Diesel in terms of you know just yeah. powerbombing fuckers and getting rid of them
0: yeah and I, I will say that I mean the thing for me with, with the kid thing is the reason that I spotted it or, or that that's what my feelings towards his performance in the match were is because he's normally so crisp right, and so high so if I'd have said the same with another performer would I have said that the work was slightly sloppy today perhaps not but because you're used to it standards because the, the, yeah. the kid is so good I noticed a slight drop you gotta
5: tell me what hands you just come with me where are we going I give me you your answer you just come with me come on this is ridiculous. you got to tell me. Keep it down. Keep it down. Come on. What? Just come with me. I'll give you the answer. What? I got news for you. You even believe that ungrateful leech, what he just did to me. Th- I made that guy. I got news for you. Did you ever hear a Big Daddy call before you? Heard Sean Michaels? No, never. And he th- treats me like that. That's it. I'm finished with this. I'm never, You know I, You think I'd know better? Come come on. What? You think what? I'd know better, this tag team stuff? He turns back on me like a rabid dog. I got nothing to do
4: with him ever again. Hey, hey, I wait a minute. We tag- located Diesel. Wait a minute. We have. I don't understand. Hey, Daddy he's doing 50 son. We have. No, we, he I, we,
5: leg, I made him.
4: He's a zero without me. Hey, Todd, I think we've he, located Diesel. He's a zero without you? Wait a minute. What's that? I think we've located Diesel. Diesel is on his way.
5: Oh, you tell Big Daddy Cole he needs a ride? Try hitting the pavement, hit the bricks. No, he's on his way.
2: Todd catches up with Sean on his way out of the building. He calls Diesel an ungrateful leech. He tosses his tag title down and speeds away from the building. He does.
1: Yep, good payday for Sean.
2: Our next match is Clowns Are Us. Doink, Dink, Pink and Wink versus the Royal Family. The Queen, Princess
1: Anne, Princess Margaret (laughs) and Prince Charles. Now, if that was true, I'd have a lot more interest in
0: this match. Who's the old one? The Queen's husband? What was (laughs) I? Philip. Prince Philip. Philip but well, it would be brilliant. He could be a, he could be a colour commentator. He could definitely cut racist promos. <laughs>
2: No, it's Jerry Lawler, queasy, cheesy and sleazy. The feud between Doink and Dink and Jerry the King Lawler kicked off on the 10th of September edition of WWF Superstars when the King decided to pop some of Dink's balloons. On the 12th of September Raw edition of King's Court, Doink bought out a trash can, which I guess was supposed to mock the King over feuding with a wrestling bin man. Lawler kicked the bin, but oh no, it was filled with weighted lead. We know it was weighted because the King hurt his foot and Doink pulls out two metal that have weights on them <laughs> in case you hadn't got it it's like a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon except shit on the September the 19th edition of Superstars Dink hid in a bin I'm not making this up (laughs) (laughs) on the 24th of September superstars Lawler from the commentary booth smashed Dink's tricycle during a Doink squash match more comedy followed on the 8th of October show where Doink distracted the king on the video wall whilst Dink put a pie on his seat which he then of course sat on oh that would feel horrible to sit down on a
0: pie what a waste
2: of good food on the 10th of October edition of Raw Lawler introduced his own midget to counter Dink queasy then Doink introduced Wink and so on even Sean and Diesel got dragged into this bullshit when they had three miniature clowns running around their feet on the Heartbreak Hotel. It sounds hilarious. Yeah. A random cutaway during the King's entrance to The Undertaker and Paul Bearer who cut a short promo. Have you yeah. missed Paul Bearer promos? Yep.
1: Oh, yeah. He- I always miss Paul Bearer promos. They're amazing.
0: I've got to say, they're, they're not as ramped up as they were for the Royal Rumble because they did loads of promos for the Royal Rumble, yeah. which were all awesome, but I think these were a bit understated, actually.
2: Okay, fair enough. The Clowns enter next, and I'm not reviewing this
0: match, so talk amongst yourselves. I thought that, that this was actually relatively entertaining. Sorry. if uh, but Yeah, I did. Seriously?
1: Yeah. Well, I'll read you out some of the stuff that I've got, I think. I noted that the Royal Family comes out as a combined weight of 610 pounds. That's about the same weight as Yokozuna. Okay. So he weighs as much as Jerry Lorna and three midgets (laughs) Uh, well spotted good good observation we could set up an equation one of the midgets is disproportionately hairy
0: yes I did his back
1: yes and his shoulders you could actually comb his back hair (laughs) I think you know into some sort of style very very Simon Pezik back mullet yeah And people chant Burger King at the King a lot.
0: Somebody puts a Burger King crown on him at one point. Yep.
1: Yeah. Vince thinks this whole match is fucking
0: hilarious. He does. He can't stop laughing at it.
1: That's pretty much all I've got to say on
0: it. Well, one of the things that I did note, here, just because we're going to miss out. It was a relatively long match. I don't know if you've got the time for it. but it About went,
1: 16
3: minutes. Yeah, too long.
0: It, it, perhaps a little too long. Just a fraction. Uh, I always say what the fraction a is. Tiny a tiny fraction. A, a tiny fraction. Doink gets eliminated by Jerry. And th- some of the rules of the match are that Jerry can't wrestle the other midget. It just has to be the midgets against the midgets, and so he has to go out. So, and during this midget v midget action, yeah. one of them puts another midget on the head and spins them round, which is called a relatively unusual manoeuvre. I think Gorilla refers to it. I say spinner, but no, no, I thought, thought the, the action was all right. And and the clown with the green wig, whichever one that was, dink dink, was I thought he did all right. Actually, I thought he did some quite good moves.
1: I didn't like it. Uh, I thought I mean, it was it was it was a generally poor comedy segment. It was clowns try a move that's hilarious on Jerry. Jerry tries exactly the same thing it backfires. That's the whole match. The only thing that's good is... But you lo- see, is you're
0: explaining it, and I'm just smiling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he is. He's so, beaming ear to ear. loved this match. Loved um, might be a little bit strong. It, it did go on too long, but I didn't think... Certainly you compare it to the four doinks match last year, and this is way better than that. Stuart's look, just not speaking anymore.
1: After after it, he wins the match, Lawler just like
0: berating his little midget. Saying, saying that, he, he did it all by himself. Yeah. Will, well, yeah,
1: I've, I found that mildly entertaining, but that's about as far as i go with it.
0: And, and then the midgets beat him up because the clown midgets hide under the ring to ambush him later. So they must know, they must have this kind of deal going on with the, the royal midgets. And then later on he gets a pie in the face.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's that match. Midgets tread on people, Lawler sits on a midget's shoulders, he wears a Burger King crown and doink pies him in the face. Comedy gold. Just for the record... This match won the Wrestling Observer Award for Worst Worked Match in 1994, whilst the Jerry Lawler Doink Programme took the award for Worst Feud. I feel that that
0: worst match is really strong and and unfair. Would you say there's something worse you've seen on pay-per-view? Yeah. I can't put my finger on it now, but like, if, <laughs> if, if I was to look Definitely back, if something. I was to look back through through the previous previous cards, I'd say yes. I mean, I, for oh, 1994, yeah. I mean, Undertaker versus Undertaker was so worse. It's a contender, yeah. Undertaker versus Undertaker was way worse than this. I thought we'll watch them Do, back to back and decide. At, we just, won't,
3: just just no, for, just right? for
0: anything, just look at the crowd reaction in the two matches. Yeah, very pertinent point.
2: I guess at least the audience is into it. Yeah. Okay, you win, Scrivens. Woo! You'll be pleased to hear, or in fact maybe you won't as you love this so much, that this is pretty much the end of the road for Dink and going forward Doink is nowhere near as featured as he has been before. Lawler might last for a while. And the other point we need to make with this is that WLC was 1,000 times better.
0: Yeah,
1: WLC was amazing. What what is WLC? You've missed this, have you?
0: No, I've seen reference this on Twitter but I've got no idea what people are banging on about. At Extreme Rules pay-per-view last week, the pre-show match
2: was El Torito versus Hornswoggle in a WLC match, which was TLC but... For midgets. On
1: paper, that sounds
2: like it could be crap, but but actually, it was hilarious. Yeah, it was really good, genuinely good, genuinely funny. So was there, was there about high No, was there aren't? was just like miniature tables, miniature chairs, and miniature ladders, and then a slightly bigger but still miniature Jeff Hardy type ladder, and a miniature. <laughs> oh, brilliant. A miniature announce The team. miniature announce team yeah. was amazing because you had micro coal.
1: J B Elf. <laughs>
2: A Jerry smaller, <laughs> and and all the micro coal one kept banging on about was downloading the. <laughs> I've
0: got to see it. And then
3: one of
2: one of them said, "Do, do, do we get half off? It's four ninety-eight. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, it was really good, and Hornswoggle had three like, MB with him, and Torito's got had the Matadors. Yeah, yeah, so so you've oh, got yeah. the, you've got those guys taking like big bumps to the outside. Yeah, Drew McIntyre,
2: Drew McIntyre Mc- ate a fucking dive to the outside through a table. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was it was really good. So you have got the big moments with them, some actually mildly comic stuff happening with the the um, with the midgets, and a nice sort of like seated senton through a table to win it. Yeah, you by Torito. Yeah, really good. We'll show you it after this. Well you're yeah. watching.
2: Okay, it's it's only. T- 10 minutes but yeah it, it was a thousand times the match this is yeah yeah and i would actually prefer that micro commentary team to the real commentary team
1: yeah jerry smaller particularly <laughs> better than jerry Daughter.
4: and elated bull McConnell standing with me now on the wwf survivor set now bull McConnell obviously has to be an awesome feeling congratulations on becoming the new wwf women's champion right well, I, I want to congratulate you on becoming the champion. It must feel very good. In, in English, please. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, a very excited Bull Nakano, who was missing. There's a little language gap here, but any, any way you take it, the new WWF women's champion, uh, Bull Nakano, congratulations. Right. Let's go back to ringside, Vince and Gorilla.
2: Todd is laughing like a cunt backstage because <laughs> <laughs> he notes. obviously thought it was hilarious, being a complete bell end. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing
1: like a cunt.
2: He <laughs> tells us there's a new women's champion. It's Bull Nakano, and we see highlights of her beating Alundra Blaze from Big Egg Wrestling Universe. That looks amazing.
0: I wish we could have had that. It match. did. I mean like the the arena looks fantastic, the match looked great. The entrances are good. That and top rope leg drop hit. Finally yeah. we get to see the top yeah, rope. leg And it leg looks drop.
1: devastating.
0: And and the thing is, there's no women's match. There Why? Won't be. Why? Paul,
1: it's
2: over. No oh. You've got, I think maybe two more, and that's it. And they're even there not. For a long
1: time, do they both feature Alundra Blaze? Yes.
0: I mean, this is it's craziness. I mean, it really is craziness. But I, I thought, I thought oh, Nakano. I won't, I won't do Brandy Savage's pronunciation. Nakano. Um, naka, naka, I won't do that pronunciation. I think it's classless. <laughs> um, I thought, I thought the promo was quite amusing, if I'm honest.
2: Todd attempts to interview her, but she doesn't speak English. She speaks in Japanese. He says there's a language gap, and as is customary when wankerish people try to interview people <laughs> who don't speak the same language, he shouts at her yeah. because that's going to help. Shouts. That's slowly yeah I'm going to put this out there I actually think underneath all that makeup and the crazy hair she's actually quite
0: attractive yeah I think I don't, I don't know if I'm wrong in this because she completely changes doesn't she kind of after her career because you said something about her putting a lot of weight back yeah, on yeah she put a lot of weight back her, on for her what was it retirement retirement, retirement. To do. yeah I think I think I have seen like a random picture of the where she looks very different but
2: yeah nice to see her as champion but we won't yeah. ever see her defend that belt so there you go or yeah. see her ever again really it's a shame She was very very good she will be missed genius our next Next match is
0: for the WWF World Heavyweight title.
1: Let's shove it in the middle
2: of Let's the card. Shove it in the middle
1: of the card.
0: What, the, the the title's not defended in the main event? No. Oh well that's it's not like it's that's happened at all recently. Yeah. So Bob Backlund's gone proper mental then.
1: Yeah, we
2: like that. On the 19th of September edition of Raw, Backland demonstrated the chicken wing on WWF magazine writer and longtime friend Lou Gianfrido before snapping and refusing to let go, leading to WWF officials and commentator Randy Savage having to pry him off. On the 8th of October edition of Superstars, Backland appeared as a guest on the Heartbreak Hotel, where he claimed that he had, in fact, never lost the WWF title. It was, in fact, stolen from him and he had waited 10 years to reclaim it. On the 15th of October show, Vince McMahon conducted an in-ring interview with Backland and his former manager Arnold Scoland, who had thrown in the towel for Backland when he lost the WWF title to the Iron Sheik. Mm. Scoland said that he loved Backland like a son and threw in the towel to save Backland's career. Bob, however, saw things mildly differently. He attacked Scoland and applied the cross chicken wing again, needing <laughs> officials and randomly Bob Spark Plug Holly to pull him off. On the 29th of October episode of Superstars, it was announced that Backland had requested his title match against Bret Hart at the Survivor Series to be a submission match. On the 5th of November show, Bret Hart ex- accepted. It was later announced that Owen Hart would act as Backland's corner man and that the British Bulldog would fill the role for Brett. In the lead up to this show, Backlund has slapped the chicken wing on Bob Holly, Lex Luger, Razor Ramon, the British Bulldog, Duke the dumpster Drosie and the 123 Kid so they're definitely putting that hold over massively. On the 14th of November edition of Raw, Backland faced off with the Kid, defeating him obviously with the chicken wing. He wouldn't release the hold until Brett Hart ran to the ring. The hitman then chased Backland down the aisle and locked him in the sharpshooter.
1: I can see that the reasoning for the Bulldog being in Brett corner what's the, the reasoning for Owen being in Bob's corner
2: well this is what I've got here next is theoretically Brett is fucked in this match because Backland as we all know very well never quits he does never quit yeah yeah. and for what reason would Owen ever throw in the towel could he really give a shit if Brett breaks Backland's legs no he couldn't care less yeah, yeah. I think the reason for it is that well who else is going to be in Backland's corner yeah yeah. and obviously there's a later storyline reason for it as the match
1: progresses there, there might have been other people but probably all been chicken winged so yeah. And they don't want to do it anymore.
2: Another quick thing I want to make note of. At the time, one of the regular features in WWF magazine was something called Fantasy Warfare, which, as it says, created fantasy matchups between various yeah. people who weren't in the company. I think it was mostly used to kind of put over new generation people. Around this time, the match speculated upon was Bob Backlund versus the Ultimate Warrior. I'd watch that. Fuck I want to see that match. <laughs> For the record, the magazine picked Backland as the easy winner.
1: Nuts v. nuts. Could you
2: imagine the promos for a Bob Backland Ultimate Warrior match? I think
0: I can. I'm not sure I can.
2: Backland is out first with no music alongside Owen. Stu and Helen Hart have taken advantage of their season ticket for WWF pay-per-views <laughs> and are ringside. Yeah, looking nice and confused. Yeah. They always wheel them down to ringside yeah. for everything. Yeah, I want to see some of the match where they're like, and there is Fatou's parents in the front row.
0: But it's, it's weird though, isn't it? Because the rest of Brett's family are way up top. It keeps yeah, it his wife and kids, kids yeah so we'll, we'll stick your mum and dad oh. right close but you, you, your kids can't see oh, our favourite superstar isn't there is he no. Bruce no no, mm. he's absent that's a shame okay. he could have run in and done something oh, I'm just wondering if it's because the, the older generation have got poorer eyesight so I thought we'll move you closer it's an access arrangement Yeah. no it's it's their
2: season ticket they brought front row season tickets the others were only buying per pay per view okay. and this time they couldn't get as good seats they got them off the billion dollar man Brett's music hits to a massive pop and we get an awesome camera shot down the aisle as Brett enters alongside the bulldog yeah well done that cameraman that's a long way to run and smoothly as well yeah yeah very smooth Backland attacks to open the match but Brett gets the advantage and Backland grunts whoa whoa rah, whoa yeah, I've, I've missed that Owen gives Backland encouragement on the outside Backland gets a headbutt from the hitman more grunts and rolls to the outside coming back in Brett drapes Backland across the top rope and hits a nasty looking bulldog
1: yeah that
0: mm. d- i put that it looked a bit messy it but maybe it
1: just looked really it, painful he
0: didn't look as if he kind of went pancake flat he, he kind of Went a bit arch. Yeah, yeah. It was at this point where they start talking about
1: commentary about people who've been on the on the hotline. Yes, talking about what they prefer: out the sharpshooter and the chicken wing. And apparently, seventy nine percent of people prefer the chicken wing, or they think the chicken wing is a better hold
0: than or the, the sharpshooter, yeah, or they sharp- think it's a meal. Would you like some chicken wings?
1: <laughs> I, I, I much prefer chicken wings because I don't know what sharpshooters are.
0: But it's just been like phoning up and and just saying, "Yeah, can I have some of them chicken wings, please?" And they're just like, oh, that's another one for the chicken wing."
1: <laughs> and, I- and
0: a side order of sharpshooter. <laughs> and uh, and a jackknife and three sleepers
2: (laughs) (laughs) I pray to God and if anyone could confirm this for us that when that WWF New York restaurant was open I pray the chicken wings (laughs) were called Bob Backlund's chicken chicken wings wings, if not they missed a fucking trick there yeah, And they could have had a tonka
0: chop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which would be like a buffalo chop, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Buffalo meat's supposed to be quite nice.
0: Have we, I imagine it can is. Can we think of any more wrestling-related food? Probably. <laughs> Brutus the Barber beef... Cake. Cake, yeah. <laughs> i have a Brutus the Barber beef cake, please. <laughs> ribs. Um, was anybody called ribs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there, 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 could, there could be a... An awful-based dish where they have a, have some hearts. <laughs> I
1: love a heart platter.
0: Um, and if something was burnt,
1: it could be something to do with cane. Yeah, C- cane's flaming red. Some flaming killed. red chicken thighs.
2: <laughs> if anyone's got a menu for
0: WWF New York,
1: please send it to us. Yeah, this is there a mantar burger. burger?
0: Yeah, pancakes. Yeah,
1: you could have pancakes. Yeah, you could you have, have pancakes. pancakes and flapjacks.
0: Yeah, Yeah, flapjack, yes. Paul, can I carry on? You
1: can have a torture rack of ribs.
0: Yes! 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 (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is brilliant.
2: Anyway, Brett's bulldog looks a bit messy, and I wonder if it's a sort of clash between Backlund's style of wrestling and Brett's. I know they meshed very well in the other match we watched, but surely there's going to be a difference in styles?
1: And there's one of the things I quite like about the match is that there's a distinct goal for each of the competitors, and they work on the, the body parts, don't they? Like, Backlund focuses on upper arm Brett, and neck. Brett, yeah. Brett focuses on the legs in order to soften up for their signature moves. It's I, a very smartly like
2: worked match, I'll yeah, give yeah, it
1: that, yeah. but I, I do wonder if there's a slight
2: clash of styles in there. Brett settles into a headlock on the canvas and Backland counters with a side suplex. Brett, with a chin lock, and yes, 79% of the hotline thinks the chicken wing is better than the sharpshooter. Early on, Backland goes for the chicken wing but Brett escapes back to the headlock. He keeps going for the chicken wing but Brett is able to knock Bob away. Brett tries for a sharpshooter but Backland kicks the hitman away. Brett goes back to wrestling Bob down to the canvas and Brett gets an abdominal stretch which Backland eventually hip tosses him out of. That was cool. Brett goes for a cover but it's meaningless and I wonder, did Brett forget the stipulation of the match or is he doing that for the crowd
0: uh, well I almost think is it to emphasise the gimmick yeah
2: that's what I'm wondering if it's oh, mm.
0: just to remind the audience there is no
2: pins in this or did he legitimately forget mm, the rules yeah. apparently Owen has Arnold Scolan's towel which I imagine would be absolutely yeah, minging, old yeah. and manky and minging yeah. by now unless it's been washed well yeah and never suppose. used but would you keep a towel for 10
0: 11 years I've seen Adam's shoes that he's kept for about 18 years so Adam probably would yeah 14 14 years sorry what shoe Shoes? Have you had for fourteen years?
1: Those shoes I got for the prom at A levels. I wear them to work. <laughs> Hard wearing. I'll do an endorsement for Clark shoes. Good God!
0: See, I've got some Clark shoes, but they're more modern Clark shoes, and they're wearing thin after about eight months. But maybe, maybe it just might be to do with the foot action. Maybe you just kind of walk in a very particular way, rather than kind of scuffing on the surface. It's kind of very, very up down. Do you scuff around? I, I like to moonwalk around a bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Ackland takes over now and gently goes for the chicken wing, as if to say, no. I'm not doing it just yet. Backlund then copies Brett's strategy and takes Hart down to the mat. Brett gets knocked to the outside and goes for Owen as Backlund stalks him for the chicken wing. But yeah, Brett the, avoids
1: again. The stalking looks good because, in the context of Backlund being nuts, that's yeah, that's quite good. It's at this point as well, then, or at some point around here, where they reference that Backlund's 45 while oh, he's doing this, and say that was, that's the same age as George Foreman, who, and I remember this happening, won the the championship pack the what, what is the sort of heavyweight title? Yeah, some heavyweight. Michael Moore he beat. Wasn't And that was a big news story because he'd been out of it for ages and came back and won. So it's kind of paralleling something that's happening in the boxing world as well. Which I understand. I'm not not sure that was their their idea. I think maybe it was just coincidence that had happened, but they they bang on about it a little bit on commentary. But it's more of
2: this kind of hypocrisy of the new generation thing, isn't it? We talked about this with Piper versus Lawler. I mean, even in interviews leading up to the match, they acknowledge this is old generation versus new generation. Why do you want to promote that? I know this is going in a very particular direction and there's a reason for it, but it just seems odd that the sort of constant harping on about the new generation and you're pushing or featuring heavily athletes like Jerry Lawler, Roddy Piper and Bob Backlund. I've not yeah. got a problem with Bob Backlund by the way. Yeah. I,
0: I, if I'm honest, I don't mind it when if, if it's done in a way where it's a competition between the, the two eras almost and there's a possibility that the new era might win and, and kind of... But what if the old one specific. wins? Well, it, it's it's still something to, to play off I think. I, okay. I, I it's nowhere so. near
1: as, as offensive as having Lawler, Piper headline your event because that's just old versus
0: Old, isn't it? Yeah. That, that thats why I didn't like. This, this I do. Okay.
2: We get some let's go Brett chants from the crowd. Loud chants. Not as loud as Backland's grunting, but yeah. No, there is. Yeah, I can't hear the, anything the,
1: above Backland's grunting. The crowd are firmly behind Brett in this. I don't think they really... Have they got an interest in Backland?
2: I, I don't think he's massively over. He gets decent heat on his way out, but I don't yeah. think he's as over against Brett as, say, Owen was at SummerSlam. No. Yeah.
1: I guess he's not had a big run,
2: has he? He's been... It, it's been quite out of nowhere, yeah. yeah, I guess. Backland works on Brett's arm, wrenching it and Flinging the hitman across the ring with it. Brett counters and gets Backland in the figure four, which the crowd does pop for. Nice to see Brett use a different submission as well. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Backland reverses the hold after much swaying, and Owen urges the bulldog to throw the towel in. Owen is great on the outside. We'll touch on it later, even more, yeah, but yeah. he, he's trash talking. He's trying to get the bulldog to throw the towel in. It, it's good stuff. Brett reverses the hold again, and Backland gets to the ropes. Brett goes to work on Backland's knee, and Backland hits a pole driver on Brett. Nice that it's taken three matches this time to get a pole driver. Yeah,
0: and it was quite a nice pile Driver. backland's pole driver I think didn't look as smooth as Bretts that comes later oh on. no it doesn't look as
1: smooth but it's it's quite good it made me suck my teeth
0: yeah, yeah. I, it made me yeah. yeah backland
2: screams his head off trying to apply the chicken wing as Brett scampers to the ropes again go Brett go chance from the crowd so at least they're still into it despite all the map based stuff which I could see how they'd be put off by backland runs in an odd way shoulder first into the turnbuckle yeah as Brett drops out of the way did you spot that yeah it's a very sort of comedy run into the corner mm. backland goes for another pile driver but the hitman gets a backdrop. Brett swings for Bob but swings himself into a sleeper hold which again looked very, very nice.
0: He does, the, the ref does the hand drop thing here. Why? He's forgotten the rules for yeah. the match as
2: well. Clearly. Maybe that counts as a submission. Yeah. Yeah. But it's,
0: no, the kick bang on back. is
2: They've got to throw in the towel. Okay. Brett hits his own pile driver which I will say is the perfect pile driver. Yeah, was yeah. pretty textbook. It looks good, looks devastating but it also looks completely safe so bravo, five stars on that one. Backland still doesn't know how to take ball dogs. We go into Brett's routine now with the Russian leg sweep, yeah. the backbreaker, the second rope elbow. He goes for the sharpshooter but Backlund grabs onto the ropes and Brett has to swing him into the ring, which mm. was a pretty cool yeah. little spot. Mm. He settles into the sharpshooter and Owen enters the ring but the bulldog chases him round. While the ref admonishes the bulldog for coming into the ring, Owen enters and knocks Brett out of the sharpshooter and runs back out of the ring. The bulldog then runs around to get Owen but Owen ducks and Davy falls over him into the steps, seemingly knocking him out and dropping the
1: towel. Yes. It's a devastating hit to the steps that probably keeping down for at least 15 minutes.
0: Yeah, A good long time, yeah. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he hit it head first. You know, Owen is genuinely concerned for the British Bulldog here. Yeah. Genuinely concerned. I mean, you can see from his face.
2: Owen immediately sells concern as if he doesn't know what he's done. Like...
1: Yeah, yeah, the the switch in in Owen's attitude there is... uh, I don't know. I really like it. Well,
2: it's just concerned about the British Bulldog. In the ring, Brett and Backlund get back to their feet and as Brett jaws with Owen, did you hear him call Owen a son of a bitch. No. Yes, he does. Calling his own mum a bitch. Calling his own mum a bitch. Well done. Backland locks in the chicken wing. Brett struggles to get out, but Backland has it cinched in. On the outside, Owen says he is sorry and tries to wake the bulldog. Backland gets Brett down and now has the hold fully locked in. Brett struggles to get back to his feet as Vince speculates there is nobody to throw in the towel for Brett. Backland gets Brett back down as Owen cries on the outside. Brett won't quit though. Helen Hart
0: sells concern while Stu sells nothing. Confusion. I I mean, you you've kind of gone, gone through that and it sounds like there's a lot of things happening quite quickly the, the reality of it is there's a lot of things happening but it's spread out over a long time yes. this hold is locked in for seven eight minutes yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. you'd never see anything like that these days
2: no. with bulldog down Owen approaches Helen saying he didn't mean for this to happen that he didn't want this for his brother and she needs to do something as we all know that legally when your corner man is down all rights and privileges pass on to
0: your mother yeah well I, I do notice that a lot of time because there's a lot of camera time for for Helen and Stu Hart, that she seems to be holding her own chin on with her hand. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, she's doing, and I'm going to have to demonstrate this, so for the benefit of the listeners, this will be good. Like that. <laughs> I hadn't spotted that, but you made an observation about Stu Hart, Adam.
1: Well, he doesn't seem to do anything and just sits there and he looks kind of cold and grey and wrinkled, a little bit like a Draugr Deathlord, if that means anything to you. No, it doesn't. It means
2: nothing to Paul, but
1: it means something to
2: him. Does he know what's going on? You would like to think so, but... I think he not. does. I'm not sure if he cares. He's like, I put him in worse holes yeah. than that when he was a kid. He's fucking fine. Yeah. <laughs> Leave him alone, woman. The one logic hole in all of this is if... Owen is so supposedly upset and concerned for Brett why did not he just throw in the towel for Backland because mm. surely that he throws the towel in, that ends the match Brett wins mm. yes I've got to be honest I hadn't thought of that but that yeah, is so
1: he can't throw in Brett's,
2: Brett's towel, towel but he because, can throw in, back 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 in to Backlund's towel so although Brett hasn't got Backlund in a hold he could just
0: throw in the towel and the ref has I, to go oh I, look I, I, I did wonder if at any point if he would try and kind of get the towel into the Bulldog's hand and kind <laughs> of throw it for him like that time Stone Cold counted the pin with Vince's hand yeah that, yeah, that yeah. kind yeah. of thing all it that might
2: happen that would have been good.
1: So if now Helen can just chuck the towel in,
2: well, like I say, legally, yeah, that do, do, is, does, does it have yeah. to be
1: a family member, or could anyone in the audience just come in and lob the towel in? I don't know. He could have asked anyone. Just get Nightheart to run down, yeah. throw yeah, the towel in. He'll do that no problem.
2: Owen gets on his knees and begs Helen to do something. He even moves the rail to help her. Owen gives the towel to Helen, but Stu grabs it and he ain't throwing it in for sure. <laughs> no, I, thought, I thought that was really good. That
0: that little bit was quite amusing.
2: Let's go, Brett. Chance from the crowd aren't really going to do anything for him at this point, but yeah, like you say. Paul he's been in this hold probably a good seven eight minutes at this point so it is
1: good that they are still into the match and you know behind Brett. Backland and Brett must be tired at this point I think it must be quite unpleasant to be in a hold for that amount of time. Mm.
0: That move hurts it hurts even if you you were kind of going lightly on somebody just the position of your body Mm. it would be painful.
2: Helen grabs the towel and throws it in and immediately Owen runs away holding it as Backland (laughs) stares at his hands.
0: It was a ruse. It was me all along. Referees
2: attend to Brett as Backland stares into space and Earl Hebner presents him with the title belt Pat Patterson seems determined to make Helen carry Brett to the back did you spot that <laughs> yeah, but, like, like there's referees in that yeah. carrying him to the bat, and Patterson's like no his mum's got to do it she threw the towel in like, I,
1: I, she's,
0: she's eight. that's the rules I did wonder though if one of the reasons that perhaps Owen grabbed the towel was to stop Earl Hebner selling it in a car park <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, or it's maybe to put with his new collection he's forming of used towels. Tows, yeah. Because he's got Skolan's Tows, towel. towel yeah. yeah, so now he's got that one as yeah. well. Backland pulls odd
1: faces in the ring. This is the new generation.
0: What did we think to this one? The, the match or, or the... Just the, the bit, entire didn't? experience.
1: I liked it. Well, I think that, you know, the, it was more from a storytelling point of view rather than a wrestling point of view. The wrestling was, was all right. There was some nice moves in it. But really for me, it was Owen that made the match enjoyable. He sells being a massive prick at the start of the match and then he's it is kind of almost soap opera like concern that he sells, but uh, I quite liked it. They
2: need to give him a fucking posthumous Academy Award for this yeah. performance.
1: And it's then that, that just sort of wankerish runaway. <laughs> right at the end. It's genius.
0: Paul? I love this match. And one of the things that I, that I observed from it is I said that chicken wing is locked in for good, it's the, it must be the best part of 10 minutes. And the crowd are hot for all of that time I know that there's other stuff going on including at one point a kind of a double feature where they've got the, the kind of the two screens where yeah. both screens show the same thing yeah. uh, of Owen which was, was great for those two seconds just having that in stereo um, <laughs> but it was it was a really good I, I thought technical performance there was some nice wrestling some good moves the crowd were invested the storyline was good and uh, I thought overall it was it was really good a
2: lot of people find this match very boring and, and sort of long
0: I mean I, could, I can see why you'd find certainly the end bit dull possibly but i say there's a lot going on with with owen and the family and what will happen and thinking through the, the possibilities see i would flip it on the side i would say the opening bit i don't agree
2: that it's boring per se it's different and it's not very wwf style but from the minute owen knocks the bulldog out i'd say it's gold from then on yeah even though that hold yeah it's one hold for seven or eight minutes but owen is fucking fantastic absolutely yeah. fantastic it is believable that he has actually, all of a sudden, despite the fact he's been a massive mm. wanker for the better part of a year now, it's believable for those few moments that, shit, he has actually realised that this isn't mm. what he wanted. Now, obviously, do we see the logic of what he's done here, based on that match we saw with him in the last episode against Brett? Obviously, he is not allowed a title shot against Brett again. But what ah. he can do is he can take it what he can do but is, can can take, do it is take it away from him. So, oh, yeah, yeah. there's the logic of, if, if anyone's thinking, well, why has he got Bob Backlund to win? Well, that's it. Okay, yeah, he's not allowed a title shot ever again. But you know what? I'm still going to fuck you over. It's not about Bob Backlund winning. It's about it's about Brett losing. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed it for the most part. Yeah, there was a lot of map based stuff going on at the start, but yeah, like I say, once once the bulldogs out, absolute gold. Owen is tremendous.
1: I really like it. I don't. I don't think I found it boring, and maybe that's because it's the first time that I've seen it, and we're kind of watching things. Sequentially, So the feud's been built up in it and kind of like, I'm enjoying that. But I didn't find it like prolonged, really. I mean, on paper it's prolonged, but I don't think actually watching it, it felt prolonged.
3: Okay.
0: I was just saying it, that that is a general consensus. That is a general consensus that the match is quite boring. But mm. okay. uh, I'm, I'm surprised at that, actually. Mm. And one of the things that, you know, I think it's lovely that there's this theme that really was starting around this time last year and that it's still running. Yeah. I think that's nice and there's, there's been a lot of content in between now and then and it's still interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, is,
2: which is testament I'd it's, say to Brett Anno and Owen and, and, and that they've been given the time to do to, it to develop it yeah. and
0: one thing that, that I think you should ask here is who's writing at the minute and, and who's setting the direction Vince is it all just Vince yeah What's with brilliant. some input from superstars
2: I guess as well obviously you've got Patterson there for match finishes and I imagine he's contributing as well Cornet's
0: there but I don't think he's contributing in any way just yet obviously Jim Ross is in and out so when do they start to hire the writers Like, I, I mean the, the big name I guess is Russo but I mean I don't know I mean i am sure there must be people like him before not
2: really really no. I mean wow. Russo's there at the minute but he's the magazine editor mm. at the moment it's only sort of 97 where he begins to have a real influence prior to that you've got Vince you've got Patterson, you've got Bruce Pritchard is contributing in that way as well again going so into Bruce
0: Pritchard is that brother love okay but is that the brother of Tom Pritchard the body the heavenly yeah. body yeah yeah.
2: obviously Cornette goes in to contribute Bill Watts gets hired next year to contribute Jerry Jarrett's been knocking around at various points as well. I'd imagine some of the talent as well, like I say, Sean and Brett are having an input as well.
0: That's, I've got to say, that's massively impressive then. Well, Uh, that's the way it's always been done. It's only latterly that, you know, you would hire the Hollywood comedy writers. uh, To be honest, I guess I've just taken it for granted then that because of what you see these days, I've just assumed that they've always had writers in some capacity. Well,
1: we we get a move towards grander theatrics. I think that's quite clearly shown in the, in the, the casket match at the end of this and maybe there's we're in a a period here where they're perhaps realizing that you know maybe it's not just all about you know doing doing a a good match actually if you just shove loads of effort into the theatrics around it people will be invested and people will pay for that so maybe that's why they start to bring in more writers because they can take care of more of that side of things
2: well it's the shift isn't it from wrestling to
0: sports entertainment or sports education which we'll discuss in a minute Um, but i mean I guess also the volume of TV requires more people to go in because I guess it's just at a stage where it's starting to really yeah, increase. Yeah, and obviously that was one of
2: the reasons Russo and Ferreira quit, is that they're being then asked to write Smackdown, Smackdown on top yeah. of Raw, but they're not receiving any extra money for it. But
0: is it a case of too many
2: cooks spoil the broth? I mean, I know at the top you've still got Vince and it's his vision no matter what, but back in the day you just had one booker who was booking the territory or, or wherever you were and it was their vision and talent cooperated and, and that was it. But the, the world's changed, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, it's global.
3: Yeah. And, I, think, I mean
0: there's all sorts of things and, and again the, the thing that goes with the increasing amount of TV is that your roster has to expand and then yeah. you got more people to write for it, it's just one of those things that I guess with the it's just like the growth of any business I guess that you have to have the infrastructure to facilitate that but yeah I'm, I'm mildly shocked by it but impressed so sum up Brett's title
2: reign for us obviously we've seen it from Wrestlemania 10 to Survivor Series 1994 why does he get no pay per view main events does this devalue him or the title
0: or both you know what it's easy I think it's easy for us to say, looking back, how ridiculous it looks. I mean, I, s- I certainly think that the was it the King of the Ring one where you've got oh, Py- and pardon, that was stupid. That was absolutely stupid to have that in the main event slot. But in the other events, you know, I can see things like why they'd have the Undertaker, Yokozuna, perhaps in the main event here. Perhaps it hasn't had the, the depth for the feud, but he didn't seem to have like a lot of build up here. I didn't think. No, I've,
2: in terms of build up for the main event, I've got barely anything.
0: But I thought it could have had. You know, they, they could have invested a lot in in building up that storyline. And I think if that was the case, then it's fair enough. But I, I think he's done brilliantly. I, I've really enjoyed his title
2: reign. Obviously, we've seen a couple of the TV matches as well. So although you may not have got the big headline matches
1: on pay per view, you know we've we've seen some really good Bret Hart television yeah. matches as well. Adam, he's put in great performances. I don't think anyone's going to doubt that. But he's not been seen by the company to have massive saleable appeal. I don't think there's always someone bigger, and they they rely on that. And there's the the Lawler pipe thing was stupid, but I think thing was that they thought bring in Piper, everyone loves Piper, he's a bigger star than anyone you know, that will do for the main event and I don't know whether it's slightly short-sighted is that they don't really know that you know, if you just give Brett's matches a bit more value, a higher place give the title a bit more respect then people are going to buy into it and people will be there for it, what they've they've done though is they've always slotted someone into that top tier above him that they perceive is going to bring more money and more sales and people will buy this.
2: Mm. But, would you not see that how you
1: make somebody a
2: star or convince the audience they are the star is by putting them in the main events and this is something we might see going forward that you and I discussed with regards to say Daniel Bryan's title reign now Punk's title reign 14 months he's got what a couple of main events only one that's not against Cena I would guess from what I remember Bryan's title reign has started with him in a main event against Kane now granted Kane I don't think is a main event worthy opponent in 2014 but is it important that he is positioned in the main event so that you tell the audience this is is the star this is the person you should come to see
1: it is and is it a kind of a fear thing because i think they think that bret hart is perfectly capable but it's a risk to have him as the top thing and not have anything else there yeah i guess that's it but they're they're not willing to go through perhaps that sort of teething problems where you take a couple of pay-per-views to build him up in a level and maybe take a little and i don't think they take a massive hit on sales take a fractional hit on that but i think they just think it's safer just to wheel in someone that is better known and therefore people Will buy to see them, and unfortunately, that means that Brett gets knocked down the down yeah. the card a little bit. They keep Brett in a position because he's dependable and reliable, yeah. And we'll do it, and then you can add the extra investment in to try and bring some other people up to somewhere near his level, yeah. No, not in terms of wrestling, but in terms yeah. of marketable appeal. I, I don't know, any Vince will be able to tell us. We'll ask him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll just give him a
2: bell. Thank you
4: very much, Vince. I am standing with Owen Hart. Obviously, we've just witnessed some. We thought you were having compassion for your brother. Vince McMahon said we're seeing the true Owen Hart. This obviously was some sort of setup. (laughs) A setup? You got it right, that was a setup. This is the greatest Thanksgiving
5: of my life. And Mom and Dad, (laughs) you fell right into my trap. You threw the towel in, and Brett, you're no longer the WWF champion. Mr. Backlund is. And Brett, I could have beaten you before, but you cheated. But now, you're nothing You're below me. You're down there in the gutter, Brett. You're not a champion anymore. You're a loser. And I'm a king. And Brett, you're a nobody. I'm going to be the WWF Tag Team Champion. I am going to be a WWF Intercontinental Champion. And Brett, I am going to be the WWF World Heavyweight Champion. And I, unlike you, will never quit. I will never surrender. You're a quitter, Brett. Mom and Dad threw in the towel, and you're a history, Brett, and I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Don't you forget it, brother. Whoa!
2: Backstage, Todd is with Owen Hart and he's pretty pleased with himself. He says he's going to be tag champ, IC champ and
1: world champ and he's going to prove he's better than Brett. That is a great promo.
0: Good right. storyline focus going forward for Owen as well. Yeah. yeah.
1: He's spot on with that. It's really, really good.
0: Yeah, I mean I was a little bit surprised to him in the opening match and I'm glad that he was involved in the storyline he's carrying forward for him.
1: He also tells Brett he's like at the bottom of the pile now so he can just yeah. go away. Yeah, i will finished you. Bugger off.
0: Our next match is Guts
2: and Glory. Lex Luger, Adam Bomb, May and the Smoking Guns, versus the Million Dollar Corporation, Tatonka, Bam Bam Bigelow, King Kong Bundy, and the Heavenly Bodies. So, welcome to the new WWF generation, King Kong Bundy. I like King Kong Bundy. The Walking Condominium, as he was dubbed by Gorilla Monsoon, is a former WrestleMania main eventer, headlining WrestleMania 2 against Hulk Hogan inside a steel cage. However, he had the dubious distinction of being the main eventer with the biggest drop in statuses between WrestleManias, as at Mania 3, he was opposite Hillbilly Jim in a six-person tag match involving midgets oh dear this drop in status has probably only been since eclipsed by the miz who went from main eventing 27 to being in a 12-man tag match at 28. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so bravo, Miz. Anyway, Bundy's original WWF run ended in early 1988 following another loss to Hogan on an episode of Saturday Night's Main Event. He tried his hand at acting, appearing in the Richard Pryor movie Moving and appeared in three episodes of Married with Children.
1: Really?
3: Yeah. He as a guy? I, I don't know. A
2: big fat guy. Big fat guy. He even made an appearance at an early ECW show as the mystery partner of Terry Funk against Sabu and Road Warrior Hawk. Wow. He returned to WWF television on the 8th of October edition of Superstars in a squash match with Ted DiBiase as a manager. He doesn't last a particularly long time in this run with the WWF, but we'll see him on a few pay-per-views. There was a story that Bundy didn't want to tap out to Brett's sharpshooter, with the quote being something like, I've never quit and I'm not about to start, which I imagine did little to endear him to his contemporaries in the WWF locker room. He Mm. could be
0: good friends with Bob Buckland. Maybe. The
2: fact he believed he was going to be world champion probably didn't help either. He still looks the same though, doesn't he? I think he still looks the same today. Yeah, it just doesn't
1: seem to age.
2: Also, the walking condominium as a nickname, it's good, but But it just makes me think the walking condom because he does look like a big (laughs) penis the heavenly bodies are only there on the million dollar team sadly to make up the numbers with the story being that DiBiase's paid them to be part of his team they are definitely preferable to the other two members of the million dollar corporation IRS and Nikolai Volkov Nikolai Volkov? yeah we've discussed him I I just keep thinking he's going to have gone nope he's still there the babyface team Lex Luger obviously has been feuding with Tatanka and Ted DiBiase Adam Bomb had turned down DiBiase's money which is now a 1994 WWF default way of proving you're a babyface Excellent. Um, Cowboys are American, and morbidly obese people are American. That's about as much explanation as you're getting here. Fair enough. The Million Dollar Team is out first. Tatonka has a mean face, and yeah, King Kong Bundy looks the same as he did at Mania 2. Lex's team is out next to his music. Lex and Tatonka start oh joy Lex does his usual selling which is just looking around and sometimes walking
1: yeah kind of looking like he's thinking about which corner to go to maybe the pants are just as his selling I didn't see him adjust his pants extensively I, in this I match I didn't spot it but he probably did
2: turns out there's actually a big difference between Lex Luger caring and Lex Luger not caring and now that his main event pushes over he doesn't care he no sells to Tonka's chops as his other selling was such hard work to Tonka does a Scott Steiner release suplex which Luger no sells I quite liked it though nice work to do fun. you think I think it's a tip they've all just picked up off him. When you suplex people, just lob them. Yeah, he probably shouted at them while swearing a lot.
0: Adam Chocolate Bomb. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well done. We've just expanded our menu.
2: That's good. (laughs) Luger hits a terrible bulldog, then knocks down Pritchard and slams Del Rey onto Bigelow. Bundy enters and he and Mabel face off. This is the match I've been waiting my whole life for. Yeah, King Kong Bundy versus Mabel. Dream match. It doesn't last very long and instead we get Mabel versus Pritchard. Gorilla on commentary doesn't understand why RS isn't on the Million Dollar Team. Yeah, that is a mystery. That is a mystery. I wonder if he's got anything else to do tonight. Maybe. Sort out taxes. Dr Tom bumps around for Mabel and eats a crossbody off the second rope for his elimination.
1: Ouch! Yeah, that mm. must have really hurt. Del
2: Rey enters and tries dropkicks and clotheslines on Big Mabel, but he eats a black hole slam type move. That was cool, yeah. I thought. Yeah. Del Rey tags Bundy, and we are on. Bundy versus Mabel 2. <laughs> the nightmare continues. <laughs> King Kong Bundy hits a 619, which Mabel counters into a spinning powerbomb. <laughs> they work Matt holds for a while. <laughs> Before Mabel hits a shooting star press, <laughs> which Bundy counters into
0: an RKO. Now, uh, that, that all
1: definitely happened.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, I just went to the toilet for a minute, I must have missed that bit. Yeah. The idea of someone that can't fit between ropes doing a 619. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care who it is, anybody, just trying a 619 and get stuck in the ropes. <laughs>
3: No.
2: There's more technical classic stuff going on. Blah blah blah. Hurricane Rana. Blah blah blah. Spinning power bomb. <laughs> Bigelow tags in. Hey. Bam Bam goes for a Gammon Geary, but Mabel butt kicks him and climbs to the top. Is,
1: is that the one where it's supposed to be like a spinning kick? Yes. But he just like basically knocks him over with one of his buttocks. Yes.
0: He just missed. I thought he just missed with his kick. Hey, you definitely think he ricochets him with his ass. Oh, yeah, yeah, but that wasn't intentional. I didn't think.
1: No, it wasn't. But he still he still took it. Bam Bam, however, slams
2: Mabel off the top and goes to the top himself. Bam Bam goes for a sunset flip, but Mabel full-on fucking sits on his face.
0: Yeah, that proper was... sit down. I, I don't know how Bam Bam got up from that.
2: They are going to push this man to the main events, so I'm just warning you, in 1995. He full-on sits on people's faces. <laughs> he weighs 500 pounds. Yeah. It's that, not that, safe. That, it's not a good idea. That could end badly. Bam Bam, thankfully, is still alive, and Mabel does the cactus clothesline, taking them both to the outside. <laughs> and I am actually not... Not making that bit up. No,
0: but, but um, I do like that Vince claims that he bangs his head on the railings, yeah. And then about a fraction of a second after that, it shows you the replay, which shows he was never within four feet of the railings. <laughs>
2: Mabel seems to have been counted out,
0: but not Bam Bam. Yeah, well, Bam Bam does get up slightly before and get. I think okay. I think it was genuine. Yeah. He's a bit quicker. Yeah.
2: Back in the ring, Jimmy Del Rey super kicks Billy Gunn and flips for a pin, but Billy bridges out and counters with a backslide. That was
0: actually really impressive. Again, yeah. I do like bridging out. That's something that I've noticed that I like bridging out Billy Gunn his look Go on. in this match what's
1: going on with that you tell us you're the style expert yeah yeah, I'm very
2: stylish
0: by, by the way Adam is available for kind of personal shopping you know <laughs> consultation about image that kind of thing yeah I'll do that it's... you might not like <laughs> you might not like the advice I give but I'll do it
2: grow a mullet wear spandex yeah yeah. get
1: some, get some spangly purple pants <laughs> wear those they... <laughs> Gold razor blades <laughs> on him. <laughs> Come on, then, Billy Guns look. He doesn't really look like a Billy Gun that I've seen before. I don't think he's extra greasy mullet, I'd describe it as. He's like, he slicked it down with some kind of oil. And he's grown this horrible little
0: rat tashy type thing. Well, it, it's something that I'd say I've noticed about this pay for view in general. The the styling looks as if it's evolved. The mullets don't look, in any case, as big as they have been. Yeah, you know, everybody's, so I've, like, not, I've everybody's, not mentioned much about them. Th- there's been a few that have changed from like on mullets into kind of ponytails and things like that there's some that have been left unhindered so Lex yeah, is, I'll is still yeah make a mention
1: to Lex he's still rocking the classic yeah. 80s mullet
0: but I think he's been left behind now and everybody else is just stepping it up a notch it's, it's evolving evolution is a mystery yeah where would you get but, that from it's a good line or, or <laughs> should we say evolution not revolution I think it's the other way around yeah either way but yeah Billy
1: Gunn
2: Adam Bomb is in with Bigelow and Bomb hits a drop toehold. for a guy his size Bomb is actually really quite quick and really quite agile he hits a slingshot
1: clothesline to Bam Bam I don't mm. think from what we've seen of Adam Bomb, he looks terrible. I think he looks relatively competent. He looks relatively competent with room for improvement.
0: Well, we first saw him a year ago, didn't we? This, this is Survivor com- Series 94 We've yeah. not seen not seen a lot of him yet. This is what the third time. No, I've yeah, he I was think?
2: in the Royal Rumble briefly, and oh, did he, he get squashed at Mania. He got by, squashed at Mania yeah. by
0: Earthquake. Yeah, but we won't count that
2: because yeah. yeah. that was about. But I think 12 from, seconds. from what
1: we've seen, he doesn't like. I'd say that he looks more competent than Crush or Diesel for that matter. Yeah, but not as badass as Diesel. But that's more to do with the booking. Yeah, and the fact that Diesel's Diesel than Adam Bomb's radioactive man
2: but maybe this is where my fond childhood memories of Adam Bomb come from maybe he was actually quite yeah, good he's not bad Bundy clubs Bomb from the outside and Bam Bam Bulldog's Bomb <laughs> say that five times faster to the canvas before hitting his moonsault for the three real shame I thought he was eliminated so quickly yeah, yeah he was I, I do like that
0: moonsault though
3: yeah, yeah.
2: moonsault's pretty good Luger enters and Schoolboys Bam Bam for a two count Del Rey hits his super kick to Luger and Luger looks knackered as mm. ever it's a good super kick he hits his forearm to Del Rey for the three and Del Rey's on. I was sorry to see the Gigolo gone. I knew you would be. I, I was you delighted
0: to just see him in the first place because I, 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 you know, I didn't see the card before watching the watching the event, and it was it was a nice surprise to see many bodies on the card again.
1: Good stuff. I've missed them. This is one question I've got about Lex Luger. I always thought from you know playing games and this that and the other that Luger finished people off with the torture rack. WCW was his use of the torture rack, mostly. so he didn't really use it in WWF. A little bit, but yeah, it's more the forearm, the loaded forearm in the WWF. I don't like
2: the loaded forearm for a. For Finished? No. no. It's not a particularly babyface yeah. thing to have. I've got metal in my
1: arm and I'm going to smack it in why your it? face. It was his predominant thing as a heel, wasn't it? That he had that.
2: Yeah. And yeah. it was,
1: you know, that was kind of supposed to be illegal, but mm. it's fine when he's a babyface.
2: Tatonka is in with Bart Gun. The guns hit a double team Russian leg sweep to the corporate Native American.
0: That was, i got to say, that looked really smooth and the symmetry of how they kind of exited the move by rolling away to either side was really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah it
2: was good. Maybe DiBiase will give Tatonka a casino. Maybe that's why he signed up for him. <laughs> I'm just trying to rationalise it. Frequent tags from the guns as they work over Tatonka. At this point, it's not particularly exciting until they hit a side slam with a very high leg drop by Billy. Bart can't do a crucifix, however, so Tatonka messily sits down and pins him for the three. Didn't look pleasant. Oh, it seems Bigelow was counted out. No, wait, Vince is just being incompetent. He is still there. Vince calls Lex Mr. Intensity, and I wonder if he's aware of the irony of that statement.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Mr. Laxadaisical.
3: <laughs> yes.
2: Mr. Laxadaisical, That's got a ring to it. Mr. Lexadaisical. <laughs> Oh, my word. That can maybe be a new sort of adjective. If someone's sort Lexadaisical. Of lexadaisical. Yes. If they're just looking like they're not interested at all,
0: they're being lexadaisical. Mm. I think we've coined something there.
2: Yeah, Bob Backlund, yes, Mr. Intensity. May, I'll, maybe, I'll give did, you that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, hang on,
0: hang on. May, maybe, the, maybe the waiters and waitresses at our restaurant can be lexadaisical and just be very slovenly bringing you... Your food. Surely we'll fire them. No, no. That's the whole point of the service.
2: I want my waiters to be more like Bob Backlund, screaming in my customers'
3: face. Yeah.
0: Maybe, maybe the waiters could be like the managers, and you could have like Paul Bearer bringing mm-hmm. your food and say, Oh, it's is something good.
3: Oh, <laughs> I'd
0: also, I'd also want my grill chef to be
1: Kane.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's from that fucking Slam City thing, that kids' cartoon. We saw but that. It is,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kane well, that, is the uh, is the chef. You see, it's a logical idea because he'd be able to flame grill everything.
0: And maybe the Dudley Boys could set up the tables. <laughs> smash people through.
2: There's a great idea for a reality show at the very oh, yeah. least. Yeah. This is pretty much Adam's dream team, I thought, with Lex Luger and Billy Gunn being the two people left.
1: Yep, splendid. Love it. I will point out that actually it's not Billy Gunn's wrestling ability that I have a massive problem with because okay. I, I, I do seem to not like Billy Gunn quite a lot and people may have picked up on that. I just I just don't like him. I think it's a personality thing.
3: Okay, hmm.
1: He doesn't come across as either a very good heel or a very likeable face.
2: King Kong Bundy tags in and he misses an elbow to Billy Gunn. He doesn't miss a Second, however, and gets the pin, making it three on one. DiBiossi on the outside is pissing himself. <laughs> He a- is! He thinks it's hilarious. The heels work on Luger, but Luger gets the advantage and gets a two count on Tonka. The referee counts a pin on Tonka even after he's tagged out as well. Yeah. Fuck, Luger must hate doing all this work. Are they doing this just to mock him now? Yeah, we're going to book you in a three-on-one situation, Lex. Bundy is an odd-shaped human being, isn't he, Adam?
1: I've got it and he looks like a potato with another smaller potato put on top of it and a really, really big
0: fat neck at the back. <laughs> It's like huge. It's like half a tyre around the back I've of his it, neck. It? I've, I've got a fat neck. <laughs> What's that? It, it's a build-up of fashion deposits just above the collar line. <laughs> it's, it's fairly well concealed in casual clothing, but uh, you wouldn't want to see me in a T-shirt. Or a singlet. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's pretty dull as the heels work over Luger.
2: Luger gets the world's worst small package and a fast count to pin to Tonka. Mm. I think even Mabel's small package was better. He just sort of lays on top of him. Then Bundy just... just... Just wanders in, splashes Luger and wins.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm just going to roll the clock back a bit, actually. There was about a sequence, and this is just while Lex was working with Jimmy Del Rey. There's, there's, I think, three or four moves on the trot where no connection is made. Okay. I think he goes for a a couple of kicks and it doesn't even get close to him. It was upsettingly bad.
2: Post-match, Tatonka, Bundy and Bigelow work Luger over, but nobody comes out to save him because he has no friends. Eventually, the guns and bomb run out. Followed ten minutes later by a waddling Mabel. Yeah,
1: just kind of <laughs> weebles down the down the path.
0: Thoughts on this one?
1: Not great. Not bad. I was I was entertained. There's a lot of fat guys in it.
0: I I yeah, it was a bit split. There's there's sections that I like and little sequences that I did, but but overall I didn't think it was great. I mean, I I really like Bam Bam Bigelow and I I really like, I actually like some of the the stuff that Billy and Bart Gunn did. Like that leg sweep, I thought was really nice. But overall, I was a bit disappointed.
2: Yeah, there's some decent performers in there. Like say Big Eye, we've been fans of. The Heavenly Bodies, we've been fans of. Even the Smoking Guns, I thought, looked quite decent. And again, Bomb looked pretty good as well. But this wasn't great. I don't think anyone really cares anymore about Lex Luger's feud with the corporation no this is pretty much
1: the end of it Mabel like I said just unfortunately the crowd's still quite like him and that's why he's getting the push really but he does just look a little bit dangerous he's doing lots of stuff and he's throwing around a huge frame onto people something's going to go wrong with that yes I, I, I agree with that as well I like King Kong Bundy you like King Kong Bundy it's like the fact that he just doesn't seem to age
4: thank you very much Vince I am standing with Bob Backlund he did exactly what he said he was going to do agree or disagree with his tactics he is now two time wwf wait a minute,
5: wait a first of all young man it's mr bob backland and you're incorrect i've been the champion since 1978 i never lost the championship tonight i just regained the belt and i beat the man that represents your society I beat him so I could save you. I'm gonna scrutinize you to the fullest, pasteurize you, homogenize you, and synchronize you back into morality. You understand, ladies and gentlemen? It's sports education. I'm your champion. AND I'LL TAKE ON ANYBODY! ANYBODY AT ALL, LADIES AND GENTLEMEN. IN YOUR GENERATION. CAUSE I'M FIGHTING FOR SOMETHING THAT'S MORE IMPORTANT THAN ANYTHING IN THIS WORLD it HAS PUT MORALITY BACK INTO YOUR LIVES. AND NOW, YOUR CHILDREN HAVE SOMEBODY THAT THEY CAN EMULATE AFTER and try to catch up to. Because I feel like God! Ah!
2: Backstage, Todd is with Bob Backlund. He demands to be named as Mr. Bob Backlund and tells us that he has been champion since 1978 and tonight he simply regained the belt. He screams about milk and morality. Yeah, and he says
0: it's going to kind of homogenise and pasteurise. And yeah. It was terrifying. Terrifying promo. He Bob screams Backlund's mad. that he's the world
2: champion at the absolute top of his lungs. The close-up camera shot of him is really fucking creepy as well. And
1: he, he drops his voice down to yeah, like a yeah. kind
2: of... Um, almost.
1: He, a whisper. He ends by telling us he feels like a god. And he sees, notice he steps back about three meters from the microphone, and when he shouts that, it's still
0: just as loud. He must bellow. And, and he is the leading figure in sports education. Yes. Which is another new term that's being coined, which is I, great. I really liked it. Yeah. I,
1: you know, if you want your guy to sound mental, that's the way to do it. Obviously, way back in episode one, Adam, you informed us of your love of shouty promos. And this was shouty. Mega shouty. I think it made mildly more sense than like a warrior promo. Ah, oh, but... the homogenised and pasteurised business. Yeah, <laughs> but
2: do, but, but, but sounds... there's, there's something cold
0: about that, there, though, isn't there? There's something that sounds yeah, a little milk. bit, um, <laughs> but it sounds a bit cold that metaphor and, and the, the choice of words, it just kind of sound like he's going to take over the world. It's great. But well, he is God. He is God. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's really, really good. And yeah, shouting things. And also the, the dynamics of it, dropping it back a little bit and then coming back even more shouty than you were before. Five stars. Genius. At the announce table, Gorilla then blatantly explains the plot
2: point that Backland won the championship, how he lost it. Yeah, thanks. We got that. Also, their announce table is absolutely covered in merchandise. Yeah, nice yeah, that. stuff everywhere. He's got a
0: few t-shirts just nicely folded
2: at the front. It's not like the run yard sale. The doink-and-dink little teddy bear things at the front as well.
0: I reckon they had to just borrow that table off Earl Hemner. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's where they're keeping the merch so he doesn't steal it. <laughs> Vince doesn't trust right him Vince's
2: <laughs> eyes. I actually thought the Survivor Series t-shirts were pretty cool. They look really good yeah. good, yeah. yeah. I, thought,
0: I thought the whole kind of, like, the logo and, and stuff, had all been for this event, it looks really good. You like the idea of theming the pay-per-views like this a little bit? I wouldn't like it for everything, but actually as a bit of a one-off or something, that they run out every now and again. It's, it's all right, actually. Gorilla and Vince are
1: both wearing bolo ties, aren't they? Yes, sure. they are. Is, is that a cowboy thing? I guess so. know it's that Gorilla's got, like, it looks like he's got a championship belt on. Yeah. He's got a rather large belt. He's maybe, a rather
0: maybe, large man. Maybe, maybe he just needs to keep up his trousers.
1: Well, I stood when we were watching this, thought, what's his championship belt?
0: What? I was like, no, that's
1: just holding up his trousers. Yes. <laughs> He's champion of holding up his trousers. If there could be a champion
0: of that, that would be great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what do we think of the commentary overall? Because obviously we had two babyface commentators, essentially.
1: Yeah, I, I think it, it suffered in certain parts. I definitely think that when we're watching the Brett Backland match, I think having Jerry Lawler on commentary yeah. instead of one of the others would have been really beneficial. Celebrating 4-0. Oh, yeah, yeah. that would have been behind Owen's motives and things in the end. While as you just get both of them are in dumbfound shock after Owen runs away. So, oh God, what a terrible thing. I think you needed someone there to, to create a bit of Quite. conflict and it,
0: I right. didn't mind it overall, if I'm honest. I quite like Gorilla. Yeah, and, Gorilla's and his, pretty good. And, uh, Apart and from I, his gratuitous use of the word kisser. Yeah. And I know sometimes he, perhaps, you can argue that he overexplains explains things. I don't mind that too much. But you're right, in in that particular match, it would have made sense to have, you know, somebody... A heel commentator. Like Lawler. Or or you miss something like a macho man. It's just something to add that extra layer of craziness.
1: I think every pay-per-view should have macho man, at least, just there.
0: But the thing is, if if I'm honest, I wouldn't want to listen to either of those for the whole pay-per-view. But I think if you had, like, a couple of matches with macho man talking you know, Random gibberish. Bollocks. Th- that would be quite entertaining and I think if you had someone like Lawler coming in for that heart match, that would have been entertaining.
1: Because I, I miss seeing Stu and Helen and not having Lawler just ripping on them for being old yeah. all the time. It's kind of feel, felt like something was missing. It's not an announced team I think we'll see again. So mm, yeah, it, was, it just lacked a bit of character a, yeah, and a bit of punch really. It was a bit
3: flat.
2: Mm. Okay, it's time for our main event. It's the Undertaker versus Yokozuna in a casket match. It's January 1994 again by the yeah. way. There doesn't seem to be any real storyline reason for these two facing off again in a casket match again. On the 3rd of October, Raw Yokozuna Fuji and Cornette appeared on the King's Court where Cornette claimed that Yoko was not afraid of the Undertaker but pleaded with Lawler not to mention the word casket. Yeah, didn't we do this exact same thing in January? But yes. Look at the crowd for it. Yeah. You know, they know how to sell it. Did you notice Yoko was actually missing from the SummerSlam card? No. Allegedly that yeah. was to do with, you know, he was scared of the Undertaker, that's
0: why. But he there's there. two of them. Exactly. So he's going to be double scared. I didn't know which one was the real undertaker.
2: More to the point, if he's terrified of caskets, why does he keep agreeing to having casket matches? Maybe he's an idiot. I'm wondering if it's something to do with his morbid obesity, like he realises that's in
1: his near future. Or maybe he thinks that if he gets so fat, they won't be able to build a casket big enough to contain him, so there's no way he could lose.
0: It is double wide and double deep. It and is. double thick as well, I noticed. The, there is a point in the match where they're both just standing it thinking, that's quite impressive, because he just looks like it's built out of plywood, to be fair. yeah. Well, I think this one's been Reinforced. sturdily Restructed. I think it might have a steel base.
2: Here's a quick aside, particularly aimed at you, Paul. Okay. On a house show in San Jose in September, the WWF held a Paul Bearer look-alike contest. Did ah. they really?
0: Yeah. I wonder if they would
2: have the winner in attendance at tonight's event. Which was hyped on local radio and local press. This didn't work out when nobody turned up dressed like Paul Bearer, so they changed it to a sound-alike contest. Okay. So I'm thinking, you know, you could have entered. I would have probably won. <laughs> <laughs> he looked good, though, the guy in the, yeah, in the yeah. crowd up. Yeah, He did. So
0: where did the... Where To get him from then,
2: presumably he just turned up to the
1: pay per view dressed like that.
2: Just, just
0: just somebody dressed in a suit, (laughs) holding an urn. So really pasty.
1: So he wasn't the contest winner. He wasn't a contest winner. He was just a guy that turned up dressed as Paul Bearer. Maybe he thought that was the right event for it. I bet they thought they'd looked out when he turned up. Said, "Oh, we'll we'll plug that thing that we did that no one turned up for because it looks like he might have done." Out first is the star of hit TV series Walker Texas
2: Ranger Chuck Norris. It is Chuck
0: Norris. He's our special guest enforcer. Have you got any favourite kind of Chuck Norris? What are they called? Those kind. Chuck Norris lines there must be a name for them. Well, it started with Chuck Norris memes, but well, yeah, is it? But now they just start like Chuck Norris facts. Fan. I love it. Chuck Norris facts.
2: I've, but... got,
1: I've got a shitload of them. I'll be regaling you with, with some of them as we, go, I can't as wait. we go through. I've got beer. one
0: particular favourite. I've heard a lot, but I've got one that sticks in my mind that I love. He oh, actually yeah. gets a pretty big
1: pop, so well, fair enough. Well, they say that Chuck Norris is one of the premier movie stars in the world today. Yes. Yes. I'm unsure of that claim. <laughs> I, because I, I, re- I really don't think he is. Because I looked a little bit into old Chucky. Chuck Norris. Yeah. Do you realise he's seventy four now? Really? He's fucking old. So he's like mid fifties. It's when like when you realise like
2: Stan Lee's like ninety something. That's
1: is crazy. It? Yeah. Anyway, Chuck Norris started off his acting career. He's in Way of the Dragon, which I've never seen. Okay. He's the main bad guy against Bruce, Bruce Lee, Lee, apparently. Yeah. Nineteen seventy two. And then he was in loads of stuff. God, in-
0: isn't that weird? You've just mentioned Bruce Lee, and we were just talking about Stan Lee. Yeah, it's great. Small it? world, isn't it? Yeah. No relation. I'd prefer right, to see in a movie games.
2: against Bruce Hart. <laughs> It's- Who'd win that fucking fight, Bruce Hart versus Chuck Norris? We were just Chuck talking Norris?
0: about Bruce Lee. Isn't it weird that you were just talking about Bruce Hart?
1: <laughs> if we could have a Bruce Hart versus Chuck Norris Doris. match... Do you Bruce want to know what the main event of WrestleMania 11 is? Bruce Hart might win if he pulls out his clothesline <laughs> early on.
2: We should start a new meme. It could be
1: Bruce Hart facts, but That's- it's just him instead of Chuck Norris. Yeah, we we'll set up a website for it.
3: Yeah.
0: Sorry, Adam. Go on. Something to do on Twitter, isn't it? <laughs> he
1: was in. He was in a load of movies in the in the eighties and stuff like the Octagon and Good Guys Wear Black. And he was in Low Wolf McQuade. Sounds awesome. With David Carradine, which apparently was pretty popular. And he was in Delta Force as well. But I don't think he's actually really done many movies of, of note in a while. What he is in is obviously Walker, Texas Ranger, which I realise ran for like eight years went from 93 to 2001 and we're actually in where it's coming up to its peak it's 95 to 96 season was ranked in the top 20 TV ratings for the year okay hitting a 12.3 rating on average 12.3 it's it's not bad yeah he's alright it's Chuck Norris he's vehement political republican and uh, you know quite heavily Christian
0: you are very well researched
1: on yeah thanks very much
2: just wait for his Pamela Anderson research next month
1: and also I can tell you that Chuck Norris has a grizzly bear carpet in his room the bear isn't dead it's just afraid to move
2: When you when, when you read a couple of those out, can you just change it to Bruce
1: Hart? I'll try one now if you want. Bruce Hart once threw a grenade and killed fifty people. Then it exploded. <laughs> and, uh, final one for the moment. Bruce Hart once kicked a horse in the chin. Its descendants are known today as drafts. <laughs> Shall, shall we carry on with this match? Do you notice Pat Patterson follows him to the ring? Yeah, and I also noticed that he got, he's got he got loads of pyro. Yeah. They, they put on all the fireworks for Chuck Norris.
2: But you'll notice any time they seem to have a celebrity that might not have any clue what they're doing, they send Patterson out with them to, yeah. so they can say, right, you need to be Come here. Come here, stand there, there yeah, yeah, look yeah. that
0: way, yeah.
2: I also spotted Pat Patterson, holy fuck, has bought a pair of shoes. Has he? Yes, he's Arrested. got actual shoes on. Not trainers. Arrested.
0: I reckon he bought them off the head shrinkers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but they didn't teach him how to put them on. Yeah. Yokozuna is out next with Mr Fuji and Jim Cornette to mostly silence. And this is when we get the shot of the Paul Bearer impersonator in the crowd, who, yeah, did yeah. a fucking awesome job. Well done yeah, yeah, guy. it looked really good. This is an actual sentence from Vince. And unquestionably, you're going to hear and see something perhaps you've never heard or seen before when the <laughs> undertaker makes his way into San Antonio. What, why does the word unquestionably need to be
0: in there? <laughs> So you don't question it because it'll all fall apart.
1: Yeah. Now I don't know whether I just think this every time we see Yokozuna, or it's actually happening. But he looks fatter. Yeah, I think it is going it just, in that does direction. Does he just generally swell up slightly? I mean, yeah. He's, he's stated as weighing five hundred and sixty-eight pounds when he comes out, but later on in the match, Vince starts referring to him as well over six hundred pounds. That Bam Bam Bigelow effect. Yes. He's gained like thirty-two pounds. Yeah. In. Three minutes. The
2: lights go out and we get a cemetery on the video wall, which then separates into two and the Undertaker
1: appears, followed by Paul Bearer and the double deep, double wide casket. Now this is impressive. They've got to grips with things now. Well I wasn't expecting it. And just yeah. I'll tell you what, let's the match isn't gonna be that great, but I'll tell you what, if we do a fucking huge entrance for the Undertaker, people will buy it. That seems to be the pattern for Undertaker and, matches, though. And you know it? It, but this is this is bigger than something we've seen before, isn't it? It's more yeah. elaborate and it fucking works. Yeah. It's dead good. The shot of him like coming through the smoke all the lights behind silhouetted The splitting off of the of the video monitors it was just really really good
0: you know something that, that did just I, I did wonder about when you could see a silhouette because of like the coat it almost looked like he had almost like chaps so i wondered if he was doing some kind of cowboy
1: i think it would ruin the mystique of the <laughs> undertaker if he it, came out and It, it chaps.
0: Would have, but it's, it's,
2: it's the theme of the show <laughs> if he got his wardrobe mixed up with Shaw michaels <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, he's got chaps, they've got mirrors all over them, and they're in zebra <laughs> print. But, but I did just
0: wonder, you, you know, just that brief moment where it's in silhouettes. Oh. <laughs>
1: Maybe they've done.
2: Another quote from the announcers, Yokozuna would be shaking in his boots if he were wearing any. Good stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Taker slits across his throat to tell Yoko he's going into the casket, which scares Yokozuna so much he
1: falls over. <laughs> yeah, I like Yokozuna's I, worried expression. I, I, again, this,
0: this is something I brought up the last time that they had this, was it the Rumble? Yeah. And I think his acting is quite good in terms of his facial expressions. Mm. I think he does a good job. Yoko tries to escape, but Taker stops him. Taker
2: whips Yoko across the ring towards the casket, and he comedically slows down and Mm. pulls a scared face. It it is brilliant, I'll give him that. He turns and walks into a Taker right hand, falling out of the ring onto the casket. He is surprisingly scared again. Taker follows Yoko to the outside and smashes his head against the steel steps. Back in the ring, Taker delivers old school while Paul
0: Bearer screams into the urn. That was quite cool, that camera angle yeah, with yeah. looking at the reflection in the end. Paul
1: Bear is amazing once again on the outside. Yeah,
0: but it's that idea, I think it's a really good idea to see that because again, he's got one of those, and almost like it sounds bad doesn't it? say, like an amusing face, but obviously he contorts his face when he's doing yeah. all his previous yeah. yeah. stuff. But to do it into the urn which distorts it more is genius.
2: Yoko takes the advantage, countering Taker into a Samoan drop, but Taker does his zombie spot and sits up. Yoko gets Taker down and tries to roll him into the casket, but it's a bit too soon for that. Taker drops Yoko across the rope and he wobbles back into the ring does a bit of a dance and falls down I like that Yoko outright does the rock bottom followed by a that leg was, drop that was amazing yeah he got it, him up pretty
0: fucking high because it also has got some force behind it hasn't it mm. wasn't a choke bottom was no, a full on rock bottom no
2: it was definitely rock bottom Yoko tries rolling Taker into the casket again and he goes in but stops Yokozuna closing the lid Yoko falls into the casket and they have a bit of a barney in there maybe they should have made the casket triple deep triple wide yeah Mr Fuji pulls the Undertaker's hair and Taker goes after him he doesn't catch up with Fuji Fuji, but he does lamp Jim Cornette yeah. for good measure.
1: I imagine that if he hit Mr. Fuji, Mr. Fuji would die. They had to have Cornette take the bump.
2: But Cornette selling
1: again was quite... Did you spot comedic. his silly faces? Yes, yeah. I did.
2: Yoko smashes the Undertaker's head against the steel steps as Chuck Norris looks around bored.
1: Yeah, well, you know what they say about Chuck Norris? What's that, Adam? Chuck Norris counted to infinity twice. <laughs> so, so maybe that's what he's doing right now. At WrestleMaths. <laughs>
2: Yokozuna works over The Undertaker until Taker comes back, pulling Yokozuna to the mat. Monsoon describes Yokozuna as a big beached whale. Yeah, that's sensitive. It's mean. Taker goes to the top and hits a huge clothesline. He then has the unenviable task of rolling Yokozuna across the ring to the casket, which believably takes a great deal of time. On the outside, King Kong Bundy has decided he wants to get involved. Chuck, however, isn't perturbed by this.
1: Let's hit another one. He's not, because Chuck Norris can win a game of Connect 4 in only 3 moves. <laughs> <laughs> at WrestleMats so, but he just he looks at King Kong Bundy does it Bundy's there mouthing off mm. and Chuck Norris is just looking at him and he stops Yeah, Bundy's stopped in his tracks this is Walker Texas Ranger mm. you know.
0: it's like I've got no problem facing the Undertaker but but, um, but Chuck yeah. Norris no yeah. way
1: I have a slight problem with the way that the Undertaker's trying to move Yokozuna because he gets around one side of him yeah. and pushes him a little bit then he gets around the other it's side like, tries and tries to pull him yeah. and then goes back around the other side and tries but, but, it seems like a very slow also, way of doing it
0: there's another bit they're, when they're doing the Chuck Norris King Kong Bundy thing you can just see the Undertaker in the background. He's just stopped and looked, you know, just having a quick watch. Yeah, of, he's what's just watching. with Chuck Norris.
2: Bam Bam Bigelow then joins Bundy as referees urge them to piss off. This allows the big running of IRS. IRS. Yeah. IRS. I- I-
0: <laughs> S- S- <laughs> S- yeah. Irwin I- R. Shyster. I predict big Undertaker IRS feud. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Is he his next WrestleMania opponent? No. But
3: also,
1: right, I would say here that Chuck Norris is shit because he may make a Happy Meal cry (laughs) (laughs) and and he may not sleep, he just waits. and he may be able to light a fire by rubbing two ice cubes together, but he can't fucking see someone in the ring kicking the shit out of the person he's supposed Mm. to be protecting. Mm.
2: But did you notice, you know, this big beatdown IRS is going to do on The Undertaker is a fucking sleeper hold. He can't Mm. even do an exciting running.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. Is it explained, like, who's organised Chuck Norris to be there and what his. Just
2: Jack Tunney, presumably. Just uh,
0: said, oh, we're going to get him. Yeah, For it's, it's to
2: stop the same thing happening, happening as happened at the Royal Rumble. But it's Rumble. backfired. It has, terribly. IRS lobs Taker into the casket and leaves with Bundy and Bigelow and Booze. A 10 second sleeper hold put The Undertaker down.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, at the start of the match, nothing would put The Undertaker down. Yeah. yeah. Like, Yoko yeah, is sleeper. all sorts of horrible moves on him, and, or big moves, and he's just getting straight back up again. But yeah, an IRS sleeper is devastating
2: this is terrible but perhaps not as random as it sounds IRS had appeared on Raw cutting promos on dead people and taking flowers from their graves
0: in lieu of tax payments well, I was just, I was just thinking: is, is is there anything kind of tax-wise that the Undertaker's been doing? Yeah, like... these people aren't paying their taxes. Well, and perhaps, they're dying.
1: perhaps the Undertaker is a dead man. Claiming to be dead means he doesn't have to pay any taxes, tax- so he's he's mm. doing tax evasion. Yeah, IRS is well within his rights to be attacking him here. Yes, an Undertaker IRS feud is coming, gentlemen. Oh dear.
2: Zuna gets up in the ring and does some more funny dancing and falling down. He attempts to close the casket lid, but Taker gets up and grabs his throat. Here comes Jeff Jarrett, who gets the kick from Chuck Norris and lands on his head. Do you reckon they all sort well, of fly? He does fly? a
1: handstand doesn't he for about <laughs> five
0: seconds. It's brilliant.
1: Did, did they all like draw straws about who's mm. going to get kicked in the
0: face by Chuck Norris? Well, it's not going
1: to be Bundy. It's not going to be Bigelow. It's, it's Jarrett. Isn't the
2: it? thing
0: that I notice is like I don't know if you're intentionally supposed to see it but not long after that because the, the, it goes back to the ring briefly and then it goes back to the outside You just see Jeff Jarrett get up and run away, but fast. That's that's good selling, Jeff. Join my Survivor Series team. Presumably, he'd
1: be super scared because. Well, Chuck Norris was dropped twice as a baby. First on Hiroshima, and then on Nagasaki. (laughs) No.
0: (laughs) Read another one. We put that. out. That's too bad. Put
1: that out. All right then, because Chuck Norris sleeps with a pillow under his gun.
0: Can I have a Bruce Hart one, please?
1: Bruce Hart is the only man to ever defeat a brick wall in a game of tennis. <laughs> Sounds reasonable. Bruce Hart knows the letter after Z. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So... Taker then hits a jumping clothesline and a running DDT and a big boot, sending Yokozuna into the casket. For good measure and a bit of xenophobia, he throws the Japanese flag in. Oh, he too. snaps it over his knee and chucks it in. Referees then roll the casket away, which looks a bit difficult, so 10 marks for effort. Taker celebrates in the ring, sadly, without Chuck Norris. Well... There's,
1: a, there's another good sign in the audience, though. It cuts to a like an Eve of Destruction sign with a nice picture of the Undertaker. And I know that I was going to keep a lookout for good artistic signs, but I get a feeling the last time we saw one was the casket match between Yokozuna and Undertaker maybe maybe, it inspires the most creativity or maybe there's just
0: one guy that really digs casket matches can I just do a a Chuck Norris one that I like go on then I don't know if it's on on your sheets that you've so thoroughly researched Chuck Norris can slam a revolving door yeah (laughs) that that one is on there we'll just do one more Chuck Norris can set ants on fire with
1: a magnifying glass at night (laughs) (laughs) do you think he earned his payday because all he really did was that one kick on Jarrett. He no. didn't get involved. He and, wasn't animated. And I wonder how much they were paying him to be there. I don't think it was a completely wasted thing. I think the crowd cared that Chuck Norris was there. I think there was a decent reaction for him. I don't, I don't think it was like who's this guy, but it was a bit lazy, really, wasn't it? Then yeah. again, he is in his mid fifties. What did you make to the match anyway? Over bloated on theatrics, not an awful lot of wrestling, but it worked as as a whole. There was there was kind of lots of stuff going on. The crowd were thoroughly invested in it. Yeah, not a great match, but decent enough performance, shall I say.
0: Paul? the truth is it wasn't much of a match was it I mean there wasn't a, as I say there wasn't a lot going in I really liked things like the the rock bottom bit because that for me came out of nowhere so there's a few nice little moves but for the most part it was the the kind of storyline going through and what's going to happen when these people because you know that something's going to happen with Chuck Norris yeah and like I did wonder if they're just going to have this massive gang once they had Bam Bam and Bundy Bundy there I did wonder if they're just going to get like another dozen people and then you know if Chuck Norris is just going to kick everyone's ass or or mm. what but it, it kept it entertaining even it wasn't a great match. I will say I did think it was mildly better than the Rumble
2: match, but that really isn't saying anything. Chuck Norris did absolutely next to nothing. I don't see how this was promoted as a pay-per-view attraction, kind of given that they'd have the exact
0: same match in January. Mm. But the ending of that match was so bizarre, I think you might wonder if Marty Giannetti would have sent the season again.
2: (laughs) Was anyone desperate to see Undertaker get revenge on Yokozuna? Or
0: did we really well, care? No, but I, I guess
1: I guess what Paul's saying is right, that people must have remembered the last match they had and thought, fucking hell, that was weird. Thought, well, what's going to happen this time? Maybe there was some merit in that, people just wondering, well, if it did that last time, what are they going to do this time? Yeah. Let's, let's buy it and find out. They're going
0: to have to up the theatrics or up, up something about it. Yeah,
1: That's Just wait for thinking. the third one. Can't tell whether you're joking. <laughs>
0: <I'm> <laughs> I don't joking. think this one. Final thoughts?
1: <laughs> Overall, not bad. Not many matches. Well, it's the same as last year. We yeah. only had five on last year. Yeah. Yeah, but um, really not not too bad I don't think apart from the, the midgets match there was nothing diabolical on there so you got four passable to good matches and one big pile of shit which is better than four big piles of shit and one good match
0: Paul? I, I thought if I'm honest it was relatively uh, an even kill I, I didn't think there was anything massively bad uh, but in the same way I didn't think there was anything massively outstanding I thought the Bob Backman match was very good but I thought it was relatively consistent and probably just on the side of decent yeah it was not. all right
2: enough, I think. There wasn't anything at the level of, say, Brett Owen in the cage match at SummerSlam or 1-2-3 Kid, Owen Hart at King of the Ring or Brett Owen at WrestleMania. So it was just kind of okay. There's a big angle, obviously, on yeah. the undercard. I'm disappointed again to see Brett not in the main event, and I would have rather seen the main event not in the main event, but I guess if you're going to pay however much they pay for Chuck Norris, you've probably got to put him in the main event. Uh,
1: it's yeah, it's the sort of blowing your load thing. It's got to come at the end, doesn't
2: it? Yeah. I wouldn't say you necessarily have to go massively out your way to see this show, but it's definitely not the worst show in the world to watch. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. It's it's not a waste of time to watch. But you're not going to see anything classic. You'll remember ten years later. Yeah, or in fact, five days later. I've been having issues. <laughs> Adam, match of the night. I'm going to go for Brett and Bob. Okay. Because I think for the reasons that I stated, I just I quite liked it, and some people might, might think it drags, and maybe if I watch it over and over again I'll think it drags, but for that time I thought interested, though, things are being done relatively competently, and the storyline that's going on on the outside is is fantastic. And your MVP? Owen. We saw very little wrestling, but he did a decent performance in the opening match, and his performance in, in that match around the outside was just stellar, and his promo that he cut
0: was amazing as well so I'll give it to Owen for doing a good job all round Paul your match of the night match of the night I'm going to have to agree with Adam Brett Bob was as, as I say I can't I don't know if I can use the term standout because I don't think it was that outstanding, but I thought, was, I thought it was a very good match in terms of my MVP I'd probably have to give it to Brett
3: okay any uh,
0: particular thought, reason good performance I thought he sold well I mean as I say I, li- I like what Owen did on the outside acting was very good but I think for, for me I look at the MVP performances Brett okay but with a, with a, with a good mention to Diesel as well, I liked, I liked Diesel's performance tonight Yourself?
2: Match of the night It's going to be an all round consensus for Brett and Bob Backlund, I don't think it was particularly great but the last section from the from the moment the Bulldog gets knocked down is phenomenal, I mean I know it's not a wrestling match from that point on yeah. but in terms of entertainment it was top draw, give a mention to the opener as well because you had some good energetic stuff from guys like Razor, The Kid, even Fatu minus the silly shoe gimmick and on the flip side you had Owen and Jeff Jarrett on the other side yeah. having a good go and you had the really really strong booking of Diesel whether we'll come to regret that later on, we'll see. MVP, easily Owen. Again, we didn't see too much of him in ring in the opener, but what we did see was very good. And then he was just the absolute star in that main event match. And it fit with his sort of spoiled little brother character that, okay, he can't beat his brother for the title anymore, but he's just going to dick him over anyway just because he can. Mm. Yeah. Mention for
1: Diesel as well, because he did look good powerbombing all those motherfuckers. So, yeah.
2: yeah. Adam, mullet of the night.
1: Well, I've been kind of quiet on the whole hair front. And I think what Paul was saying earlier is right. The, the mullets have kind of... Faded. Started to fade.
0: Do, should we use the re- word receding? <laughs> well, I'd
1: use that, actually, for Jimmy Dale Ray's, because I think he's got kind of like a mullet, but I think it's receded quite a lot, mm. so the, the business at the front is now kind of standing still. I, I'd say... Pritchard but his mullets morphed into more of a Brian May type affair I'm gonna to have to give it to Luger for still sticking to the faith and keeping strong With to the, the 80s hair. to the spirit of the 1980s good man that wraps up this episode you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com
2: new generation project podcast we are also on Twitter at the slightly simpler new Gen podcast on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash newgenpodcast and you can also search for us on Stitcher. There's a couple of other places you can find us as well on piledriverwrestling.net alongside OSW Review, the Attitude Era podcast and Place to Be and on botchermania.com as well. And as ever, you can rate, review, subscribe in iTunes and leave us a nice review if you don't mind. Episode 12 will be the 1995 Royal Rumble. We're finally leaving 1994 behind and heading into the muddy waters of 1995. The I. I've heard about 1995. I'm concerned yet intrigued,
1: gentlemen. I'll see you on the other side.
2: My name's Stuart Brooks. I shall say goodbye.
1: My name's Adam Wikes. I shall leave you with the news that fear of spiders is arachnophobia. Fear of tight spaces is claustrophobia. Fear of Chuck Norris is discord logic.
0: And I'm uh, yes, Paul Scrivens. Goodbye. Do script us, do the? I can't. <laughs> Did you know Saturday night! I feel the air is getting hot! Like you, baby! I'll make you mine! You know I'll take you to the top! i of the tower! I'll drive you crazy. Dance today day, night
3: dance. I let the way you move, pretty baby. It's party time all the time. We can lose.
0: Be my baby. Da 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 da, da. Da 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 da. Be my baby. 大概是 I'm going to lose my tie now!
5: Spare me. I won that tournament.
3: Fucking Chuck Norris.